0: Yes, and we're live. Hello, Danica Patrick. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it.
1: I'm excited to be here.
0: You're an intense lady. You've got Ah. a lot of intensity. (laughs) When I met you, like right away, I'm like, whoa, got to take this one in.
1: Well, you know, it's the handshake, and then it's the, uh, you know, when someone actually looks you in the eye.
0: Well, you have to be intense. I mean, what you do for a living is probably one of the craziest things a human being can do. Do you think so? It's up there Uh, for a job.
1: How fast do you go? uh 200 plus yeah, that's... i mean like you know nascars top speed is probably 215 indy cars maybe more like 240 yeah, and I mean... i'm going to do the daytona 500 next month and then the indy 500 in may so um those are going to be my last two races so um
0: the last ones ever yeah really
1: yeah it's uh this is my danica double goodbye tour
0: why are you doing that how come you are doing a danica double goodbye is it enough is enough uh
1: I'm ready. Um, I mean, I love racing, but I love other things, too. So, um, you know, I'm okay with transitioning out. And there was a lot of things that were kind of just pointing me in this direction Yeah. Um, in 2017. Stuff that has never happened to me before um, to kind of, yeah, head towards the exit a little bit. But I'm good with it. I'm a very decisive person. So um, this is probably one of them that I thought about a little bit um, as far as, like, how to be done, or or if to be done, I guess. But um, the how was the hardest part. My agent kept calling and saying, "What about this? And what if you did that?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. You all need to get ready for me to be done, please."
0: Wow. And so, uh,
1: so then he came up with the. He's like, "What if you finish up at the at Daytona for the 500?" And I was like, "What about the Indy 500?" And he goes, and I was really only referring to the Indy 500. And he was like, "Well, I'd I'd love you to do both." And I was like, "Oh, well." That's a good idea. So um, there's this thing in racing called the double, which is doing the Indy 500 um, on Memorial Day weekend on Sunday and then flying straight to Charlotte to do the Coke 600 afterwards. And that's kind of known as the double Um, But this is what we're calling the Danica double. And it has to do with just having spent, you know, a chunk of my career in IndyCar and a chunk of my career in NASCAR. And it just kind of feels like the right way to go out. I don't know. It didn't it it wasn't clear. It was a bit of a murky end as far as like what's going to happen. Am I going to race next year full time or not? And it just kind of went too, too long for me to have like a proper I'm done sort of moment in my head. So this was just a great way to do it.
0: So, when you say that things happened in 2017 that didn't happen before, mm-hmm. like, what do you mean?
1: Like, I had a sponsor leave me. Uh, my primary sponsor left at the beginning of the year. I mean, I, I signed a, con- a contract when Mercury was in retrograde. So, you know, I screwed myself there. But. <coughs> you
0: believe that stuff?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was true. So, um, I, I guess maybe but the universe is a little bit more straightforward than we think it I is. I think a lot of
0: good things probably happened during that time. In
1: 2017 or during retrograde? Mercury Mercury (laughs) and
0: retrograde. I don't don't believe in any of that shit.
1: Oh, yeah. I I think people
0: look for some sort of like hidden meaning to things when it comes to like astrology. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do try and understand it. It's quite, I'm trying to understand how it really matters, but I don't know. There's definitely some things, at least with the moon that goes on. I mean, the water changes with the moon, so doesn't that mean that yeah. other things should too, whether it be energetically or something like that?
0: I think the the water and the moon thing kind of makes sense a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think it's probably just like, Barely one way or the other. Just yeah, a, maybe
1: it's a whisper on the wind kind of yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it's more in your head.
1: So stop putting my crystals outside to charge under the full moon. Maybe not so important.
0: I would say it's not that important. There was some <laughs> something someone sent me about the army using crystals, and I was like, this has got to be like an Onion article that the, Ar- the army was using crystals for like medic. See, th- think if you could see it, find that. Yeah. Wait Did a second. It? Yeah, yeah this for doesn't... crystals <coughs> for wounded were... people. Yeah, look at this stupid shit. I don't even. <laughs> I don't. Not sure if it's real. U.S. Army's new holistic medics treating gunshot wounds with crystals and essential oils is satire. Thank you, thank you. Hmm. I knew well, essential
1: it. oils. Don't you think there's a plant that cures everything out there?
0: There probably is something like that in the Amazon. That so, n- Maybe not cures everything, but there's probably a lot of stuff that we. That's don't know where essential about.
1: oils come from, right? Yeah. So, yeah. pair that up with some high vibrational. Stones.
0: High vibrational stones. Ooh. I don't know. Intense. So, um, <laughs> so
1: back, to, back <laughs> to my sponsor leaving me. So your
0: sponsor leaving you, you were like, yeah, that's it?
1: It's just a, never happened to me before. I've always been someone that's been really well-funded and always had a sponsor, always had a sponsor and never right. a problem. And so, um, yeah, it was just things like that were happening. I got into a few big wrecks in a row, like probably three and six weeks that were... Ooh. You know, like I was bawling in the medical center after the third one going, I mean, I was running like top 10 and a car blew a rotor and clipped me and put me in the wall. I was on fire. another driver broke his back. I mean, it was a huge accident. And I'm like, what is what is the message? What is someone trying to tell me right now? And so, you know, after I collected my shit and got my face looking like halfway decent to go talk to the media out there, I finally got out. But yeah, just stuff like that was happening. And I was I was in a very go with the flow mood in 2017. I wasn't pushing for anything because I wasn't really sure what I wanted. So I just let the universe take care of it.
0: You've got a very interesting way of looking at things. When things go wrong, you're like, what is the universe trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. You're not like, well, I drive really fucking fast for a living (laughs) and sometimes shit goes wrong. (laughs)
1: That happens too. I mean,
0: it seems like car racing is just inherently crazy. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's what I was saying when I was saying you do one of the craziest things you can for a living. Going 240 miles an hour is no joke yeah and metal and rubber yeah. and things just they well, have you tolerances. gotta trust and
1: you gotta trust in something when you're out there because you're doing like you said two hundred plus miles an hour with you know people that aren't your friends around you with mm. walls around yeah. you as well, so you know you kind of gotta put your trust in something else,
0: yeah, that's why I was getting at that because I think mm-hmm. the way you think is a lot. It's very similar to the way fighter pilots think mm. fighter pilots have a lot of weird superstitions and a lot of uh, a lot of pilots do and a lot mm. of people that are involved in intense things. It's almost like in order to get through the, the task at hand, you almost have to delegate certain aspects of reality to to fate or to chance right. or to. Right. Yeah,
1: I do believe you, that. Yeah. I mean, they. uh I have a tattoo on my back. One of is an Amer- it's an American flag. I got that when I was 19. It's like an American flag that fades to a checkered flag and then there's uh and then I got that when I was 19. Then when I was about 27, I went and got the rest which was um angel wings and some stars and um, you know, It's not the most beautiful piece of art, but it means something to me. (laughs) It won't be really beautiful in 30 years, I'm sure. 40. Um, But it's uh, but yeah, my point is, is that I would definitely pray that, you know, I was taken care of and you got to hand that off and just go do your damn job and not be afraid and just trust in the fate of everything. And yeah, so that's kind of where the angel wings come in.
0: Well, I think that people that do... Inherently risky things oftentimes look for signs or look for some sort of, you know, mm-hmm. some direction, some some yeah. message from the universe. And that's why I was.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like as a race car driver, I've thought about this a lot lately. And I wonder how much of our job is a little less even just feeling what's happening and how much is actually maybe more intuitive. Like maybe we're maybe we're having more intuitive understanding of what's going on and what's coming then we realize we just are so um everything's happening so fast and that you you just think oh i'm i have really good feel you know Mm. i mean i'm sure there's some of that too but um so i think that maybe maybe you're maybe maybe athletes or people at an elite level are more in touch with that intuitive side that um finite like last thread of feel maybe it's beyond feel It's annoying.
0: that That makes sense. I mean, if you think about the amount of time that you've spent involved in that intense activity in this. You know, they say that people get road rage for one of the reasons why people get road rage is because when you're driving. You are um, reacting to things that could happen instantaneously, very quickly. So your body is at a very heightened state. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, someone cuts you off, Mm -hmm. they start freaking out, like, Mm -hmm. instantly. They go from 1 to 10 right away. And the reason is because they're always at 7. And they don't even realize they're at 7 when Mm. you're in the car. Mm. Well, you're probably... At like 13
1: this one goes to 11. yeah,
0: you, I mean, you're cranked up, right, yeah. and so you're probably seeing things and yeah. feeling things that the average person yeah they don't experience
1: in their life. 100 percent yeah, you're just working at that top little top level of feeling of of, yeah. of, of um, focus
0: what's is is that, that Is that where you call yeah. it like, in the zone? Yeah.
1: Where it kind of almost becomes slightly out of body. You don't even yeah. know how it's happening. It's just happening.
0: Well, I would imagine like you kind of melt away and you're just completely yeah. involved well, in when the I task. Think,
1: when I think about what I have to do, like, let's say, as an example, coming in for a pit stop and you got your know, throttle, brake, clutch, gears, all the different things that you have to do, um, to think about it logically, what you have to do is so much more confusing than just going on instinct of like, just do it. Um Cause you have to, you know, use, you only have two feet, but you have three pedals and you have to use all three pedals at some point in time, but you want to be ready for everything. And you're coming in like with the clutch in on the brake, but then you have to get back to the, get to the, get to the throttle just in time, but you have to have the clutch in and you have to hold the brake. So you make sure you don't roll. There's all kinds of things you have to do using all three pedals, but you have two feet. And so when you kind of, when you have to think about what you have to do, it's a little more overwhelming than just doing it.
0: Do you drive a manual in real life?
1: I would. I love it. Easy.
0: Yeah, I do too. But do you? Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people. It seems like it's kind of a dying thing.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, even Indy cars went to paddle shifting before I was done. It was H pattern, and then it was sequential gearbox, and then it was paddle shifting, and then. But NASCAR, NASCAR still still got the old H pattern. That left leg <laughs> is important for the whole feel of the thing, right? Well, especially in an Indy car. In an Indy car, you actually have a full-on dead pedal, so you have all three pedals, and then you have a dead pedal, which is. Is important because you spend a lot of time with your foot there, but it is part of the feel. It is absolutely part of the feel of the car, especially with all the G loads. How did you get involved in racing? Um, I raced go karts when I was a kid. Um, my sister and my sister wanted to race go karts, and I just didn't want to get left out. So, turned out I was all right at it, and I kept going
0: but it's it's a very unusual path. Yeah. Right? Well, I
1: mean, I did everything though. I was uh I played like coach pitch, then T-ball. I was in the band, the choir. I took voice lessons. I was a, I played basketball, volleyball, cheerleading. Um I played in every sport. Um I took tumbling classes and then I also tried racing. So you've so. always been intense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. Did you know at a certain age that you wanted to be a race car driver?
1: Well, when I was ten, I decided that I wanted to go to college for engineering so I could learn how to work on my race car. And I realized I did not have to do that. <laughs> I did not have to do that. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow! Yeah, you I, I didn't to have to learn do that.
0: to be an engineer so that you could work on your race car. Do you know? Do you understand how crazy that is? When like I was to be to ten ad- years yeah.
1: old to be thinking that. Well, I don't know. Do you think you're born that way or am I an old like what do you think about that like to be thinking that way when I'm 10 years old like you you know some people are just so much different or more mature further along is it um, why do you think that is it's a very good question I
0: don't I, I, I think it's entirely possible that memory gets transferred through DNA and that there are certain people that have a long line of adventurous people in their family mm. and that gets transferred to the DNA of the children. Mm. I think it's entirely possible. I have I have three not children. Like
1: a, not like a spiritual reincarnation.
0: No, maybe. I mean, look, it's that's, that's that's entirely possible too. I would never I would never say no to that because if you're living this life, I mean, nobody asked to live this life. You are just here, right? Mhm. Who knows if you get to do it again? I mean, we're, we're assuming that you don't get to do it again because we're assuming that time goes on in this sort of linear way. But maybe it just does for you in this life. I mean, it's entirely possible that there's infinite number of lives being lived out in, in infinite timelines all simultaneously. We're just mm-hmm. experiencing this one. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know what happens when we sleep. You go to sleep, you close your eyes, You have some crazy dream about Godzilla chasing you when you're on a skateboard. You wake up in the morning and you just assume that you're on the same timeline that you were on before. Mm -hmm. You know, because you have- Not on the astral. Who knows? I I don't, you know, I have children. (laughs) And then one of the things that's really fascinating about watching a child develop from a baby to, you know, a kid and see their personality is like, you realize like, there's a lot of stuff that's just, that's what they come with.
1: Yeah, exactly different. what I'm saying. So if yeah. they're just different, why? You know? Why why was I thinking about being an engineer when I was ten years old? Why was I brave enough to go live in England by myself when I was sixteen and all good with it? And you know, why why? Why why am I intent why did, why was I intense when you met me? What, you're what was wired though, you know that what way. I mean? Like Yeah.
0: Well I think part of your intensity is probably if I had a guess, if I could be presumptuous, <laughs> you're a woman. Involved in a very manly activity and I'm sure men probably test you in some sort of a weird way And so I bet along the way you've developed this Sort of like way of addressing them right away like a listen motherfucker you know
1: I mean? you know, like, Sometimes just like that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think you probably have to you know, I would imagine you have to be
1: strong you have to I remember when I was younger and going to meetings with companies or team bosses people like that and was the advice given was don't say, oh, I think this and maybe like you be sure about what you want. And mm. I, I remember that. So, yeah, nature versus nurture. Some of it's learned, but some of it's just there.
0: Yeah. You can't turn a timid person into you. Maybe you could. But I mean, it's not not likely. Mm-hmm. You would you seem to be like this person. This is just who you are. Yeah. And if you're telling me that at 10 years old you were thinking about being an engineer so you could work on race cars, <laughs> that's not normal. Yeah. I mean, what's normal though? What did you right? want
1: to do when you were 10 years old?
0: I had no idea. <laughs> I probably wanted to be an artist. I think I wanted to be an artist. I mean,
1: that's kind of what, you yeah. got I mean that that follows this vein
0: sort of. Yeah. yeah. But like I used to want to draw comic books. I did a lot of that. Yeah. So that was probably what I wanted, but I th- I was never like what I need to do is, like, I need to figure out a way to make my hands stronger so that I draw faster. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, you seem to be well, like. Well, let's
1: keep in mind, I did not go to college. In fact, I didn't even finish high school. You didn't at all? Nope. I left when I was 16 and I got my GED.
0: Wow. why you And I that? failed
1: the first time. Wow. You want to know why? Yeah. Okay, good. Because um, that's, like, a horrible, like, <laughs> I failed my GED. Oh, geez. Um, I, uh. The Constitution test is something, at least in Illinois, I don't know if you have to pass it in every state, but in Illinois you do. And so in eighth grade to go to high school, you have to get a 70 percent or above to go to high school. I got a 70. So I went to high school. Now, I'm like a 3.5 and above student. Like I was A's and B's. Not a problem. For some reason, the Constitution and government and all of those sectors and names and holy moly it's so confusing to me so um so then when it came time to to do my take my ged i didn't study at all i just took the test and i failed the constitution test <laughs> so, oh, I so you to... just didn't prepare for it that's all uh, yeah i mean i yeah. i've never studied in my life so i just for anything no really yeah Mm-mm. the only thing i study up a, well study uh if i'm doing a speech uh, or if i 'm doing an, a, something for a for a company for a sponsor and I need to make sure that I have my talking points ready, I mean I spend fifteen minutes or thirty minutes or five minutes making sure that i 'm organized in my head about what it is that I need to get out there so that I can do my job um, and deliver but other than that I've, I never studied in school. <laughs> Keep in mind, I didn't have to go to school that long. I never That's even, true. I mean, I only went to school until I was 16. So but, it's been a really, really, really long time since I went to school.
0: But you're very smart.
1: Oh, I don't know. See, I... I you no, know, you're smart. Thank you. Well... But do you do you read? Um, I actually... I want to start reading more. I've got a lot of books that I want to read. I started reading a book called The Holographic Universe.
0: Okay, Michael Talbot, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good book.
1: Is it? It's yeah. weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in that. You're like, wait a minute, is this kind of drugs? Like Probably. There's, there's a lot of woo-woo in there, I think. <laughs> I'm, a, a, lot, like, I'm
1: al- a little woo-woo, so it's good. i <laughs> even simple books like The Alchemist and stuff. I just really want to read these books. I mean, and um, yeah.
0: Uh, that's more woo-woo. Yeah. You're into, you're into woo-woo shit. Yeah, I am. Why? Do you think that that is the race car thing? Do you think that's no, like the- it has nothing to do with no? racing. No, it's just no, who you are? That's it's just
1: who I am. I remember getting a psychic reading when I was 18 years old, living oh, in Jesus. England. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I bought, like, Linda Goodman's love signs, like, astrology book when I was a kid.
0: So when you were 16 and you got a psychic reading? I mean, did I
1: totally had a mood ring.
0: Oh, <laughs> mood rings are great. Sorry, go ahead. Do, what, did, what did they tell you? Did they tell you anything I can't you didn't remember.
1: Know? I can't remember. But when I was talking about signing my contract and um, when Mercury was in retrograde, that was, I, I talked to an astrologer and she said, just don't sign any contracts. And I was like, well... What a bizarre! I mean, I was kind of learning about some of this stuff because it was quite a few years ago now. But I, I, um, I remember the next uh, it was a, a year and a half later or so, and you know, shit hit the fan, and I was like, that damn astrologer was right. Now, okay, Mercury and retrograde is pretty standard information if you're into astrology at all, but, um, but yeah. She said, uh, I saw a psychic in Sedona a few years ago, and she said that professionally over the next four years, your life's going to go boom, 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 boom. And I thought, man, I'm going to win a bunch of races. This is going to be awesome. And instead, I... um uh have a clothing line now. Um, I have a book that just came out um, at the beginning of the year. Uh, my wine's finally been for sale for a year now. Um, and there's other projects I'm working on, too. But uh, and, you know, finishing off my career in a pretty big way. So... I guess she was right.
0: I think that lady's full of shit. And you think I think so? she took a guess. I think she looked at you and like, this chick's going to kick ass. I'll just make some so predictions. So do you think she
1: recognized me then? She's like, okay. So when I sat down, she was like, all right, the way it works here is like, I just see words or symbols or things mm. around you. So yeah. if I just look around, like... Don't think I'm not paying attention to you. It's just, just how I see things. And so I'm like, all right. right. So I'm sitting there. She's telling me all this stuff. And she says, whatever my job is, I travel a lot and things like that. And then she all of a sudden kind of was looking at me. And she looked over. She goes, celebrity. She, Are you a celebrity? And I was like, I only am if you think I am, which is usually how I answer people um so i don't know did she know who i was probably up in sedona they don't watch a lot of tv i don't think
0: you don't think so no they do i don't know they do they sneak it in when no one's looking
1: (laughs) (laughs) their lunch break areas just you know they
0: they rest their crystals on the tv I just Hopefully think it's sending
1: positive vibes.
0: Almost all bullshit. I think almost yeah. all psychic stuff is bullshit. I think
1: you don't believe in the in, in being intuitive. I think intu-
0: intuition is a different thing. Really? I think when people sit down, and the they same? go, "I see you in a past life, and you were a handmaid, and you <laughs> you you worked by the river." I'm like get the fuck out of here. I think that's all bullshit. I think those people are just nuts. And there's a lot of people that want to think they're special and they want to think that they that's have special true. gifts and. Sure. they Everybody does. People get really good at reading people. I know mm. people who are professional magicians, mm. and they are expert cold mm-hmm. readers. They could sit down with you and read and tell you remarkable amounts of things with you about your life, just with your answers to questions.
1: Huh, they... But they'll
0: tell you right away. They're not psychic. Like there's a guy named Banachek who's excellent at it. He's fantastic. He does a show in Vegas and he freaks people out. Wow. But he'll tell you right away. I am not a psychic. He's like this is a. Huh. There's techniques to this. And it's huh. something I've been doing my whole life, and you just get really good at it, and he knows how to do it. <laughs> and these people are con artists. They're, they're con artists. They're, they trick you into thinking that they have spe- – but they might even believe it themselves. That's part of the problem. A lot of those people con themselves. But I think there is something. Like when you're thinking about someone, mm-hmm. and they call you. Mm-hmm. Like out of nowhere and you haven't talked to them Those forever? kinds
1: of synchronicities that pop up in your life. and You're like, oh my God, I was thinking about that movie and there it is on TV. Yeah,
0: it's entirely possible that there's some bizarre connection that we don't totally understand to events and to people and to things.
1: Well, like attracts like or where yes. attention goes, energy flows.
0: Yeah, there's probably a lot to that.
1: Certain magnetism to those, to Ye- things that bring it together.
0: Yes. Maybe. But I think it's very very poorly understood and there's a lot of woo that's clouding it up and that woo gets in the way of rational logical educated mm-hmm. people even considering it they dismiss it instantaneously mm-hmm. because it's connected to so many assholes with neon signs that say mm-hmm. card reader palm reader and these people that just they're just ripping you off that's all they're doing they don't have a real job they sit down they talk to people for a job and you know you could say it's entertainment. You could say that what they're doing is they're, they're providing you with a service mm-hmm. and that service they sit down sure. with you and, and maybe by telling you that everything's going to be amazing you'll walk out of there with a lot of enthusiasm and then life will be amazing.
1: Who knows? Do you believe that? If you think your life's going to be amazing, it will be? No. No, you get you hit don't? by a
0: meteor. No. <laughs> you get to to walk out of the house, you could fall into a crack <laughs> in the ground from an earthquake. I mean, well, those people that died in the tsunami in Thailand, did, were they bad people? No. they, just, they So was, is
1: there any level of woo that's worth following through on?
0: I think it's all things. I think some. Some of the connections and the intuition and some superstitions and ideas that we have are probably based in this limited understanding that we have in the connection that we have to events and humans and life. But I think there's also bullshit involved, too. And all these things get very cloudy. I don't think there's an absolute. But I think yeah. it's, it's entirely possible that intuition is a developing sense that we don't totally have yet. I think if you think about all the things that people can do, hearing and seeing and touching and smelling and all the different senses that we have, we assume that that covers the full gamut of possibilities. But I don't think that's true.
1: No, I think you're right. And I, I mean, even just visually, evolving. visually, you know, we don't see the full spectrum of but, we see a very, very small amount of things that are out there.
0: Yeah, and audio as well. You know, we, we can't hear all the sounds. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, in, it's entirely possible that there's more going on. Like, there's certain people that just have a weird feel to them. You meet them, you're like, I just got to get away mm. from this guy. Bad vibe. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. De- there's definitely people that they're giving off weird feelings. And it could be that you're reading their intent in some sort of a, a, a way that you don't see visually, but you, you recognize by their body language. or There could be a bunch of things at play Well, you there.
1: didn't run when you met me, so... no. I- I appreciate that. No, I, mean, I, like I know you. we're probably scheduled to do this interview, so you couldn't. But.
0: <coughs> I was looking forward to this. Why would I run? <laughs> I mean, I was, I was impressed by your intensity, but I expected that in a way. I mean, I, just, I don't Good. see how you could be a race car driver and not be intense, especially be a woman yeah. and a race car driver and not yeah. be intense.
1: Well, that's nothing I even thought about until I was like 14. Um, for the first oh, few way years late of racing, in life. way late in life, <laughs> I didn't even think about being a girl out there. It wasn't until I had cameras following me around my schools and stuff that I was like, "All right, maybe this is." And then they start asking you about it. They're like, "What's it like to be a girl?" You're like, "Shit, never really. I don't know. Really, I haven't really thought about that." Um,
0: how many other girls do it?
1: I mean, there are various girls here and there, but you know,
0: like in all of NASCAR, how many women are, ri- are racing?
1: Oh, um, at my level, no. Yes, zero. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh.
0: That's pretty crazy. I don't know. Yeah, that's I'm just crazy. i to it. Well, take it from me. I'm when on people the people ask me, what's
1: it like to be a girl in racing? I'm like, uh, well, I don't really know what it's like to be a guy. So, you know, I only have my perspective.
0: That's true. You know, I right. mean, I don't
1: know. Like, being a girl versus a guy, what's the difference? I don't know. What's right. it like to be a guy?
0: Uh, yeah, it'd probably be different. But I think that, like, what's it like to be a woman that's the only woman who's in NASCAR mm-hmm. at your level. That's mm-hmm. that's a valid question. I mean, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. How do, how does everybody else treat you?
1: Yeah, that 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 really is the the main question I can't answer because I am not them and I right. I know that um from from e- enough experience now because I used to not really look into it much and in, in the IndyCar days you couldn't hit each other, you know, you really I mean it was, you know, you could block and things like that, so there were some guys out there that were assholes and I didn't like them, but you know, sometimes every driver has some dri- some other drivers that they don't really get along with. And so, but in NASCAR, you can hit each other and it's, you have bumpers and, um, which is really cool, but it also isn't cool because if somebody wants to do it, they can. So what would I say? I would say that they don't want to get passed by a girl. And you know what? I don't either. Is that weird? No, I really don't. I mean, I've driven, I've raced with girls and I don't, I don't like it.
0: So do you? <laughs> do you feel differently when a guy passes you than when a girl passes you?
1: Probably. Yes,
0: yeah. Yes. In what way?
1: Well, you, do you know, go, it's, do it's, you
0: just it's, go internally that bitch.
1: I'm like, I can't believe my car isn't faster right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this sucks. But if it's a
0: guy that passes, but then you there are, are other cars that are not
1: good that I'm like you know, come on the radio and I'll be like, uh, yeah, I just want you to see that what car passed me and how bad my car is out now right now. Um, So it happens with guys, too. But, you know, I don't know. It's just a cultural norm that girls aren't good and a lot, you know, aren't very good and that they they um, somewhat don't belong. And I get like the little bit of animosity at first, but I would have thought that people would have got got used to it a little bit more than they did.
0: So, But you have that cultural animosity you were saying. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. And
1: I don't know where it comes from.
0: But when you say that it's a it's a cultural norm that girls aren't good, you don't think about that about yourself. No. Yeah, see, I knew that. No. <laughs> There's, you don't have any doubts? No,
1: I look right. at everyone out there, I'm like, you suck because of this, and I'm going to beat you because of that, and right. oh God, I hate you. You and, don't you know. think
0: because I'm a girl, I'm not as good as them.
1: No, not at all. So
0: why would you think that about the other girl? I
1: don't know. I just it's because <laughs> I'm not used to it, right? You just something you're not used to.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, also it's like you're unique.
1: I mean, what so, if you were out there in the gym and some girl comes and picks up more weight than you, and you're like, oh, that's weird.
0: I'd be like, that bitch is on roids.
1: She's be. <laughs> she probably would be. Or she's but... some
0: Amazon. <laughs> some freak. Some genetic freak. I'd try to sign her. I just yeah. I'd bring her to the UFC. Yeah, I'd be no like, kidding. Do you not throw a punch?
1: Yeah. Well, uh huh.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think. Um, I think we all have uh, cultural prejudices, you know, to a certain extent, whether we admit it or not. And, you know, maybe you're not uh, a bigot. Maybe you're just, maybe you just have reservations and you're pleasantly surprised when people surpass those expectations, you know, but I would think that uh, you would experience probably more discrimination as a woman uh, than, I mean, if you think about a woman doing almost any other job, like. If you're telling me you're the only woman that does that mm-hmm. and you're at this intense macho job. This is a fucking intense job. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going 200 miles an hour. Everybody's it, it's nuts. That's a crazy job. And you're out there yeah. at the top of the food chain with all these men. Yeah. I would I would imagine there's two things that happen. There's a bunch of guys that treat you with respect. Mhm. They're like, wow. They're cool. like impressed. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. They're
0: cool with you. They're like, yep. she's one of us. That's right. And then there's a few that are mm-hmm. just dicks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the, those dicks are just incorrigible.
1: Mm. <laughs> Man, the amount of times I wish I was good at taking people out. I wish people knew how hard it was to actually take someone out on track. It's not that easy. Yeah,
0: because you can risk, risk yourself. Risk yourself, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: And if your car doesn't handle very well, you can't get close enough to them. If you could, you would just move the air, which is almost like hitting them, and get them out of the way. But sometimes the car doesn't handle well enough. So, like, you'd have to just bomb in there and, God willing, you hit them to get you to slow down and then they go sailing and you keep going, but it's risk.
0: That's a rare moment, right? Yeah. Have you done that before? Oh, I've
1: tried to take people. I suck at it. I absolutely (laughs) suck at it. I've taken myself out, like, three times trying to do it. Uh I mean, look, I'll be the lamb. I don't mind, to make a point. Um... So yeah, you do
0: that I, to make a point if someone's driving like a dick?
1: Yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a – what was the <laughs> one that was the most sad was – um, uh it was a couple of years ago. It was in Martinsville. And this is when something was going down with – it was Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano. And it was during the chase, which is the last 10 races of the season. And they were in the chase, Matt and Joey and – um Joey had made it so that Matt couldn't get in because he took him out a week earlier, a week or two earlier. And then they got to Martinsville, and it's a very, very small short track. It's just a half a mile. And so um, it's easy to kind of be able to attack if you want to. And so he just straight took him out. And um, there was a whole big hoopla about it. People up in arms thought it was totally unfair. And um, anyway, during the same race, some asshole hits me, takes spins me out. And so I come back and I'm a lap down or something because he spins me out and I go to take him out and I just sail off into the corner. He manages to kind of keep going. I spin again because <laughs> I'm horrible at it. And uh, turns out that, you know, I get a $50,000 fine because I am um, I'm not racing for position because I was a lap down. Um, and they applied that because that was also the same race that Matt and Joey had their big thing. And I think maybe Joey was leading or something like. that. I think he was leading and it was on a restart, um, so they weren't racing for position either. So that was kind of like their rule that they put forth to make for. I mean, jo- Matt probably got a hundred or two hundred thousand dollar fine, but um, there I am. You know, not the. I'm definitely screwed in this scenario. So I got fined fifty grand for it, and I'm the one that's out. So if you're other guy. if you're racing for a
0: position, then it's okay to
1: bump into each other. Apparently, yeah. So l- really. You're the one that's screwed because if you're racing, if someone takes you out and then you're still racing for a position, now you're going to have to be potentially, uh, you know, putting yourself in another position to get taken out when they started it. Hmm. It's a no win for the person that's being aggressed by the aggressor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Was it always legal to bump into each other?
1: Uh, it's gone kind of through waves of different rules, but yeah, I mean, it is legal.
0: But well, when, whenever a big accident happens and there's a tragedy, I would mm-hmm. assume that that's when they tighten down the rules.
1: Mm. Eh, sometimes.
0: Sometimes not.
1: Sometimes, sometimes they not. They
0: just accept that sometimes it's Sometimes it just
1: happens. Sometimes it's just, usually if there's something like that that happens, it's not from one person's action that it's maybe a chain of events that right. leads to something like that.
0: It's one of the rare jobs that you do that's a sport, uh, one of the rare sports, where the potential for death is always there.
1: Yeah, that's true. It is true.
0: Is that one of the reasons why you decided, like, enough I am enough?
1: not a daredevil. Like, I am not a daredevil. I went bungee jumping, and that is the bravest thing I've ever done otherwise. And I only did it because I'm afraid of heights, so I just needed to know that if I had to conquer a fear, I could. Well, what's
0: your definition of a daredevil? You're a are To a do things driver. where you could
1: potentially get hurt. <laughs> I'm not, though. That's true.
0: Yeah, but you're a race car driver. I
1: know, but I'm a methodical driver. I'm methodical. Oh. I don't go out there and just, you know, hold it wide open until the car does something. And then I'm like, oh, better lift now. I'm like I'm a methodical driver, so I build up.
0: Well, I think what you're saying is you're not stupid.
1: Ah, uh, thank but you, Joe. You're definitely... That's very nice of you. That's like you're... a really, really nice way to say that yeah
0: you're not dumb but you're definitely a daredevil thank you well you I'm, have to be I'm not there's no way you could not be
1: I'm just not I'm serious anybody that really knows me knows that I'm not brave
0: oh, wow well, that's so crazy I know it's I, I, th- I think you're talking crazy
1: a crazy talk over <laughs> here well you know I mean, it's true I, I just have been grooming this talent since I was 10 and 26 years later I'm I'm okay with it
0: I think it, it's both of those things, but I think there's no doubt that you're a brave
1: person. There's n- Actually, n- my first time in a go kart was horrible. What were you, three? Ten. <laughs> Ten. And my sister was eight. My dad <clears throat> built the go karts. So there's a big parking lot out back. So we got like spray cans, WD-4, whatever. Pop cans, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I grew up in the Midwest, so pop. Um, and set them up in a big circle for my sister and I to go out and drive around. Drive our go-karts for the first time, and um, my dad made there was a little mistake with the brake pedal, and so it stopped working. And um, since I'm ten, and I'm really young and dumb, and I don't know what I'm doing, young, dumb, and broke, I guess I was. Yeah, like the song goes. Um, But I uh, I went to hit the brake, it wasn't there, so instead of just spinning out or continuing to turn, I just went straight, and I was headed for um, trailer. Like kind of a higher elevated trailer, which would have resulted decapitation. in decapitation. And I swerved at the last second and hit a concrete wall, and I, like, go flying, and my arm lays back on the on the muffler, and my cool puffy jacket burns, and, like, I bruises all up my legs and on my arms. And uh, that was my first time in a go-kart within, you know, five or ten minutes of being out there. And so um, my dad just got a new one and built it, and we went racing. So maybe I am really brave. I don't know. You're right. Maybe it's... I always felt like an IndyCar, to some degree, I wasn't brave because people were willing to do things that were <sighs> perceivably more brave. But I also I did describe them as dumb. You're right. Yeah. So I, I, you're probably a little right and I'm maybe a little right too, but you're right.
0: I think you're definitely brave, but I think there's definitely a line where bravery becomes stupid because the risk outweighs the reward
1: 100 percent
0: yeah and that's 100%. that's a masculine thing in a lot of ways because it's testosterone makes you do really stupid shit
1: does it yeah, like what?
0: yeah. well they're all competing against each other and they're trying to out macho <laughs> each other i yeah. mean you could go there's, there's a bunch of twitter accounts you can go and see what's that one hold this beer yeah <laughs> there's a twitter account called hold my beer
1: while I these, do what?
0: Well, exactly, while well, I do everything. Oh, it's like people jumping jump off stuff. roofs and oh. d- stupid shit. And It's almost all men. There's occasionally a, a drunk girl doing mm-hmm. something stupid, but it's almost entirely men. Mm-hmm. So I would think that men trying to out-macho each other. Are you saying other, men are
1: somewhat inferior then? Because they do a lot of dumb stuff? Maybe their hormones are not in balance like ours?
0: They definitely, <laughs> when competing against each other, will do dumb shit.
1: You think they, that's a testosterone? To, yeah. Testosterone's to blame. Well,
0: they try to out macho each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some don't. Some are smart and they don't. But you know, there's it's just a part of being a man. It's like trying to prove that you're not scared. What
1: else is part of being a man? Tell me about men. Well,
0: what would you want to know? I don't
1: know. What else is? What else is uh, very manly that women don't understand? What? What? Do, what? Do, what? What don't women understand about men?
0: That's a good question. I have no idea what you understand about us.
1: Hmm. <clears throat> Maybe just speak from experience.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know what.
1: Like, if we ask a guy, like, what's wrong?
0: Oh, see, that's just <laughs> nonsense talk. See, that's the. De- <laughs> like, what's wrong? how many
1: girls out there are like,
0: what's "Honey, wrong? what's wrong? What's wrong?" And
1: you're like, "Nothing."
0: Sometimes, but it's nothing. really,
1: is it really nothing?
0: Yeah. Sometimes you just want to like decompress. Okay. You know, sometimes you just wound. So up. is that
1: annoying when a girl does that?
0: Depends on the girl. <laughs> you know. I what mean, do you if, mean? It depends on the girl. If she's annoying, yeah, it's annoying. But if you're in love with her and she's awesome, then she and can like, ask What's anything wrong? you want. They're like, oh, nothing. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it depends So the entire... be with the right one? Oh, 100%. <laughs> That's 100% it. Yeah, if the, if someone's asking you questions and you're getting really fucking annoyed, it's probably not the question. It's probably more the person. If, oh, you, if you think someone's amazing and they ask you something stupid, you'll just laugh. You won't get annoyed. And mm. you guys could both joke around about how stupid it was, how the question was dumb.
1: I like it. That's good. If you get
0: angry, it's most likely you're just like...
1: Annoyed anyway. Yeah. So you're just like ready to, ready, to, ready to sort of fall over that annoying and to get out, get out of my space kind of uh, attitude. Because yeah. you're already annoyed with them anyway. You already Wrong. don't really like them.
0: Yeah, there's probably something that's already rubbing you the wrong way and you're tolerating each other Mm
1: -hmm. instead of enjoying
0: each other. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine a person like you, a very intense person, you probably have a a difficult time finding, you know, like uh, if you get a square peg and a square hole and everything slides in together perfect and everything's amazing personality-wise, you know, Mm behavior-wise, I would imagine with someone like you, like it's very particular. You have to find someone who appreciates your intensity. (laughs) Right? Yeah. You like do. a lot of times, guys are they want a, a demure, you know, sort of like docile little creature. Like, uh-huh. oh hi,
1: uh-huh. how you doing, what, boys? What, whatever you need, I'll <clears throat> oh. be home. Well, well, supper's here, we'll be, on the table. We'll be here when you get back. <laughs>
0: Right? And meanwhile, you're out there with a fucking go-kart going 150 miles an hour in the driveway.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yep. <that's... laughs> yep. Running five businesses. Yeah. And,
0: you yeah. Know, you're going you're, 200. Yeah. So if you're saying what's wrong, the guy's like, fucking nothing. It's probably <laughs> a bunch of other shit that's really wrong.
1: It's very insightful. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: So what, what don't men understand about women?
1: Um,
0: She's tapping her fingers hmm. and going through it. Everything.
1: I mean, I just think that we like to be, you know, we like to be told what you're thinking. Mm. I do. I like to know what someone's thinking. You know, the whole, like, uh, we're just, you know, just keeping to myself. Like, tell me about it. Now I want to know what yourself is thinking about. I want to know about you. What's going through your head? Like, communication.
0: Now, is this universal amongst all your girlfriends when you get together and talk about...
1: I would think so, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, the problem is, like, you look at a guy... And say, you know, you really like this guy, and you're like, this fucking dude's some crazy mystery. Like, what's
1: going on in your head, man? Yeah, that's not good. Spit it out. Everyone wants to know where they stand and what someone's thinking. Oh, where they stand. Well, because, and where they stand and what they're thinking, because, you know, what if they're thinking about someone else?
0: Oh, so you need to know.
1: Yeah, you just need to know know. if you're all in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm just an all in person, so for me, it's not a mystery. Like, you want to know what's going on in my head? I'll tell you right now. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, if a guy's like off drifting, you automatically assume this motherfucker's thinking about somebody else.
1: Yeah, what are you up to? <laughs> exactly. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. And if, yeah, exactly. You want to be able to ask.
0: I guess guys probably do that too. And girls, girls, girls like to hear there. nice
1: things too. Girls like to hear, you know, girls like to be, you know, girls like. Of course. You know, to. He, be appreciated, just like a guy does. I mean, I think that's my advice most of the time in relationships. I'm like, sympathy goes a really long way, because I know it goes a long way with me, no matter what facet of my life it is. But, you know, sympathy goes a long way. So, you know, if your husband's in a bad mood, then why don't you just actually start off with, instead of feeling like you're underappreciated, going, hey, baby, you look like you've had a really long day, and I'm sure you've been working your butt off. Like, what can I, can I make you dinner? Like, what do you want? What's your favorite? You know, and they'll probably go, oh, you know what? It's not that, not that big of a deal. You know, babe i'm fine hey let me take you out to dinner i get to eat the the sympathy gets sympathy back and you don't it's not it's not good to do it to get it necessarily but you should really feel like you are sympathetic like if they're in a bad place try and help them that's sound advice yeah be nice to each other just sympathy just be nice because most people go underappreciated especially in a relationship i think the longer it goes there's a lot of underappreciation and assumptions that get made about who does what and Checks that box off, and
0: yeah, and people and get probably used especially to Especially with each kids, other. right? I mean, yeah. I'm sure, with
1: kids it gets way worse.
0: It's just there's a lot of time that's involved with taking care of those little suckers. You gotta pay attention to them and talk to them, and they and if you have more than one, like once you start talking to one, the other one wants to just b- chime in, you know, and show you what they're doing. And You're then like, wait, gotta, I was like, busy just trying to make sure you don't die, yeah. and now
1: I got to deal with this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think. People get used to things, you know, and that's that's part of the problem. It's mm. like they get used to each other Take it for granted. Yeah, mm. they do. And then and then, you know, it's like I always tell people aspire to be the person you pretend to be when you're trying to get laid. <laughs> if you could be yeah. that person all the time, you would have a much <laughs> better true. life. That's if you just true. like
1: I also love the expression for every hot chick, there's a dude sick sickest her.
0: Yeah, I don't say it that way. <laughs> But yes, <laughs> I use more flavorful language, but yeah.
1: Is that, was that too much or too little? Too little. Oh, yeah. how would you say it?
0: Uh, for every hot chick, there's a guy somewhere that's tired of fucking her.
1: Okay. Yeah, That's it. how you'd say it. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess, but that's not entirely true either. No, it's I not. I mean, it's it, for the most part, A lot of the times it's true, but a lot of the times people don't but that's appreciate the taken for their circumstances. Part. Exactly. And then it's with various aspects of your life. Like, I always feel like that. Like, I just got over the flu uh, a week and a half ago. I had the flu and I was sick for like two days. And then when I was sick, I was thinking, man, I don't appreciate how good I feel when I'm healthy. Because mm, mm-hmm. here I am lying here, all aching, Ugh. watching Netflix, feeling like shit, going, wow, when I'm healthy and I'm working out and I'm running and. Doing jujitsu and all the activities and I got all this energy and I feel great. Like, I just
1: I can't do anything right yeah, now. I just yeah. take it for granted. You do. Yeah. You
0: forget. Like, you don't. Know, the, the, the joy of just being healthy, it just escapes us. We just so think it's normal. Mm-hmm. Just Most like, like a person, you take them for
1: granted.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now, do you think that you're stepping away from race car driving when you deciding at just like enough is enough? Do you think that in some ways that this is you appreciating other aspects of life too? That you're, you're, you're looking at your racing thing and you're like, you know what? I did a lot. I did enough. And then why don't I just appreciate all the other stuff?
1: Well, I think that's a good question that will me into a good thought. Like, um, I think it's actually more me being honest. Like, I think everyone would expect since I do what I do at the level that I do it at that racing is my only thing I care about. I love it so much. I'll do anything. I drive every day. And the truth is, no. I like racing, but I don't, there's a lot of things I don't really like about it, too. And I'm grateful for everything it's given me. But if you were to ask me what I do outside of racing in my personal life, I don't go to the racetrack. I don't really watch races. I don't, I don't do that. So those aren't my hobbies. Like, your hobbies are your real loves.
0: What do you not like about it?
1: Um, well, I would say that in the last year or so, the just the as far as an energetic space, it's just so sad and negative at t- a lot of the time. And even in just racing in general, most of the time it's miserable. Like you have some days that are good, but most of the time it's not happy and you wish there was you're, you you're you're un, you're not satisfied. You wish somebody would have treated you better out there. You, there's so many things to be negative about. And just the grind of it, um, it's the people, like everybody's worn out and, you know, you have to be really careful about the people that are around you because they've got to be in a good mood because it's easy to spiral out of control because you see each other four, three, four days a week every week for 40 weeks a year. So, you know... you got to be in a good space with people, but it still doesn't alienate you completely even if they're, you're in a good space with people, the, the ones next to you, because you got a car next to you on both sides in the garage and haulers next to each other and buses right next to each other and you see a bunch of other people. So, you know, it's just, I don't know, there's a lot of negativity to some degree, um, a lot of grind. It just kind of feels like the grind a little bit. Um, and um, so I just kind of felt like it wasn't a space that I wanted to be in as much anymore. Like I. I want to be in a happy space where I'm just doing things that bring me joy, and um, yeah, it just it wasn't doing that as much, or I was noticing it. I was noticing I was missing that, or wanting it more. I think that's really what it comes from: is growing as a person and realizing. Um, I think everybody's afraid to take chances and do something new in their life because they're identified a certain way or they'll be judged if they don't do it or judged if they do something different and who are they now and are they crazy and what are they thinking and, you know, it's just life. Just do things that make you happy.
0: It's interesting because you're talking about this and the negative aspects of it is all interpersonal relationships. It's all talking to people. You're Mm -hmm. not talking about that the grind of racing itself like mm-hmm. the the heat of being in the car and the strain yeah. and the intensity and the nerves you're not talking about that yeah
1: i didn't i didn't that's not the first thing <clears throat> i mean that is ex- that exists on some level but i mean that's that's fine i work out i work out twice a day a lot of t- a lot of times so i'm okay with the whole you work out twice like a day? physical grind of things yeah yeah what do you do crossfit and like interval running training sprinting um stuff like that circuits twice a day interval stuff yeah a couple days a week i do twice a day maybe more intensity yeah very intense for (laughs) sure yeah that's 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 (coughs) that's the name of the game and get it get in get out um so uh so yeah so i i mean that that is part of it the physical part of racing exists and it is exhausting but i mean you recover from that every weekend um but yeah it's yeah it's just and i just love so many other things
0: like what are you what are you gonna do now
1: Um, well, the longest project I have is my wine. Um, I bought the property in 2009, planted a vineyard and it's finally for sale. Um, so, um, so it's, so you
0: started in 2009. So nine years of doing
1: this, bought the property, planted it. Yep. Started from nothing. So, um, it came from, uh, in 2006, I went to Napa Valley on a, on a trip and was on this beautiful property and was like looking at the fog in the valley and it was wonderful quiches and fruits for breakfast and this amazing white wine and i was like man it would be so cool if i could have something like this someday but i don't have 50 million dollars at least not right now anyway <laughs> and because um, i never abandoned the thought that i would be able to afford that someday i just didn't i couldn't then um so anyway i just started the process a different way i didn't buy a wine that was built and established for the vineyard i bought dirt planted the vineyard
0: now how do you um, go about doing that do you do you hire someone?
1: Uh, well, I, that that day I met a winemaker who ended up going into um, consulting instead of just being at one winery. And um, so he actually helped me pick the property. Um, he's still my winemaker today.
0: So you, you buy this piece of land and then like who does the day-to-day stuff? You're so busy.
1: Yeah, I have a GM now um, who handles all of it and does the promotion and gets it in restaurants and, you know s- you know, helps sell it. What's it called? Somnium, which is a Latin word. Latin word means dream.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. I was looking at some language translations trying to come up with, I was probably trying to come up with some sort of an LLC or something like that to cover the property up. And I was like, oh, no, this is way too cool. This is what the wine should be called. Um, So Somnium, it's a Latin word.
0: And are you doing red and white or just white? So
1: red to start, um, the only the vineyard is um, Cabernet, um, Cab Franc, Petit Verdot. And um, so from the Cab Franc and Petit Verdot bleed off, we're going to make a rosé this year. Um, and then we also then source some grapes from Knights Valley to make a Sauvignon Blanc. Um, so we, um, we just decided it was going to come out in the spring along with the, with the cab early release and the, um, and the, and the rosé, but it needed some time in barrel. So we're going to wait a little longer and put it in barrel.
0: That's fascinating. So that must take a shitload of your time and thinking as well.
1: Honestly, that's probably the least amount of my time. Really? That company.
0: but. I would imagine if you have this giant investment, you got this guy working. Oh, it's working. a giant investment. I would for sure. imagine. Yeah. And you have someone working for you, they're yeah. growing grapes. I and- have
1: two employees and um, uh, farmers that farm it. Not full. I mean, they farm many other properties, but um, but yeah.
0: Were you affected at all by the crazy fires? Up no, there?
1: actually, I was really lucky. The The Napa Valley fires were. Um, I'm on Silverado Trail side up. It's actually very, very close to Howl Mountain, Appalachian, but it's um, like. F- like 60 feet off of being how mountain Appalachian. So anyway, way down south on Silverado Trail, there's fire and then straight across the valley, not too far laterally across, but it was all the way across the valley was the fires on the other side. So I was about as far away from it all as I could get. And so I just talked to my winemaker um, a few days ago and um, he said that there's really nothing, no residual from any of the fires or anything so that's
0: amazing like
1: with my wine anyway so um, it's
0: such that whole yeah. area was such a bummer that fire was insane
1: oh my gosh they said it
0: was going it, i forget the exact number but it was something in insane like it was going a football field distance in three seconds like at its peak
1: i know that the big re- i think the big reason was the wind came in and yeah. like 40 plus mile an hour yeah. winds came through that night very 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 devastating for some uh, but that's one company um, the clothing line is called Warrior. Um, so that came out a year ago, January of last year of 17.
0: Why um, Warrior? Uh, when is it I- like affliction, like skulls and swords and shit?
1: No. <laughs> this is a Warrior jacket I have on.
0: It's very yeah, nice. Thanks. It's lovely.
1: Um, no, it's more athleisure. Um, so athleisure. Athleisure. Have you never Ath-le- heard of that?
0: Leisure. No.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a whole... F- yeah, there you go. Thanks. Um, I, I dress so,
0: like a 17-year-old. I don't anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, It's Yeah, it's it's like leggings and sports bras and T-shirts and jackets and oh, sweatshirts okay. and, yeah, athleisure. Uh-huh.
0: So uh, I want to go back to this wine thing. Oh, okay. So okay. Y- you have this thought in I your head. You should have brought some. Dang it. Yeah, well, I'll go buy some. Tell me where I can get it. Can you get it anywhere? dot uh,
1: somniumwine.com. It's not oh, it's, so it's not you, sold in very many places, mostly online. It's not. There's not very much made, so... Oh, okay, so you
0: can order it online and mm-hmm. you guys will ship it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you you get this piece of property and you start talking to this guy who was a consultant and you start talking about making wine. Like, what is the process? Like, how does it, you, you have to, you buy the property and then how do you get the seeds? How do you get the right grapes? How do you know?
1: Well, you have to go through a bunch of um, permitting. Um, Mm. so permitting for, uh, plans for it. Uh, there's a certain grades that are not, so if it's over 20 degrees grade, then you have to have special approvals, but under you can plant. So I literally planted six acres ish of max. It's the max that I could plant on my 24 acres that I have that was below 20 degree grade. And so um, so uh, you have to go through erosion control um, permitting because it's, you know, the slopes and if you're going to dig up the ground, you don't want it to slide down the mountain if it rains. So we had to kind of get creative with some of the um, uh, infrastructure to... Um, dissipate the water, and so it didn't create just rivers and rushing of you know new dirt sliding down the hill. So because um, it's, ale- it's at elevation a little bit. Um, so um, and then you hire your farmers, and then the winemaker helps pick out the rootstock and the clones, and um, then they plant it. And you wait a couple of years for it to be ready, and then they start making wine.
0: So it starts with clones, which is you the rootstock first. Oh, rootstock. And, and what is that? They graft mean?
1: on the clone what's that they want. A, um, what's
0: a rootstock? Like, well, so the, the actual roots? Yeah,
1: that would be... I, I, I wish I knew every single thing that you're asking to the nth degree, but I mean, that would be like Cabernet, mm-hmm. Petit Verdot, white wine,
0: right? whatever. I'm did, sure Were that's, you there when they did all this? I, mm-hmm. I, no? I no. would want to see what that is. That sounds fascinating.
1: Tiny little, tiny little roots.
0: Yeah. But it just <laughs> And seems- then they put the
1: trellising up and then... You know, then you get into you know, depending on your winemaker, they decide then how much fruit to drop. Um, so, uh, sort of the the vine comes up and splits off and makes like a T. Um, and so they decide how many um, clusters they keep on each side to determine you know what kind of wine you're making. So, you know, we drop a lot of fruit to make really good wines. So what does
0: that mean by drop fruit? Like you lose? Literally
1: cut the cut the cluster off of the vine. Oh. Uh-huh. So you yeah. That's why, like, if you're buying bulk wine, it's they're not dropping a damn thing, right? Right. If you're buying grapes, they're also not dropping a damn thing, or well, not as much probably because they're um, because they're 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 you're paying by the ton. So this is a long process. Oh, it's a really long process. Like to yeah. go
0: nine years from yeah. the time you start to making your first bottles, of and wine. that's
1: probably why most people, you know, I mean, if you have enough money to build a winery, you're probably a bit older. And, like, you run out of time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, especially if you're going to get any return on your investment. You know, I'm a lot of millions in the hole, but, you know, whatever. It's a passion project.
0: Do you, are you doing it as an investment, or are you doing it because just you Because I really, love it. Yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, yeah, I can.
0: Because you can. Yeah, why not? Do what you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just money. Yeah.
1: And I love the lifestyle, so I want to share that with people. You the know?
0: lifestyle of Napa? Yeah. Like that yeah. whole thing? Yeah.
1: Wine. <coughs> You know, the connection that you create, you know, sitting down together and sharing it um the stories of the vineyard the story of how it came along i mean i have the good thing is is people were like well you got to have a story i'm like well i have a story <laughs> um but that's what people connect to so yeah. um that's you know so then it's a matter of getting that story to the somm's in different restaurants so that they can tell you the story of somnium and then you know you're like oh that sounds amazing oh that's hers that's so cool like i would love it if my wine was a good story that someone told and then they were like oh and this is actually dan capatrice's wine and you're like Oh, no way. Yeah, I got to try that. You know what I mean? I'd rather right. have that be the backstory than the front story.
0: Do you know um, Maynard Keenan from Tool? Do you know? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No. I've
1: drank his wine before. Yeah, Cadu- Caduceus? Caduceus? Caduceus. Caduceus. Yeah. I just, yes, yes, I have some. It's in my fridge right now. Got it a long time ago. Got it up in uh, Jerome. Jerome, Arizona. He has a little cellar door in yeah. Jerome.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've never met him. I tried to meet him. And he's I a called buddy of mine. And I was like, eh, but it didn't work. He's
0: actually in town, I think. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I think he's st- still here. He was, just, he was here yesterday, for sure.
1: Yeah. He sources some of his grapes from California, I think, for some of his wine.
0: Yeah. He did a similar thing, but he did it in Arizona. Yes. He, he just bought this land and yeah. then developed it. For he watch- makes some
1: in Arizona, but the red, I think the better red came from California.
0: Uh, is that what? Yeah. Mm. He's a freak. He's a, a real crazy person. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In what way? Super intelligent. Just super, super smart. Like, too smart. Ah. Too smart to talk to most people. He's just so out there and, in, and intense as well. And uh, maybe it's had something to do with you know, the, the choices. So, he, I mean, <laughs> he's a lead singer of three fucking bands and then says, you oh, know re- what? Yeah. And then let me, let me just start making my own wine. Yeah. Opened up a that's restaurant. Cool. Like, he's just, he can't do enough shit. He does jujitsu all the time. Can't huh. do enough shit. Is that shit. where you guys know him? Yeah. And he was over here for jujitsu um, um, uh, seminars. John Donaher. <laughs> he was at one of his uh, seminars yesterday. Huh. Yeah. No, he's a huh. maniac.
1: Maybe but weirdos make wine then.
0: I think so. Well, I think. In, I'd
1: rather be weird than normal.
0: I think that's a good way of looking at things. There's nothing wrong with being weird.
1: Normal and conventional are the opposite of weird. I looked it up. I don't want to be either of those
0: yeah well it depends you know conventional wisdom's not bad
1: (laughs) it said conventional
0: yeah there's there's some normal that's not bad you know i like normal cheeseburgers you know
1: i don't see i want caramelized onions i want a fried egg i want maple bacon
0: oh you're a pain in the ass
1: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) i love food like i love food i eat more than most everyone do you yes yeah but you're tiny well,
0: you put it away. Well, you work out twice a day. Yeah, some yeah. days.
1: I didn't work out today. It didn't work out. It didn't work out to work out. But um, yeah, I, uh, I do eat a lot. My sister and I both do. We're both like 110-ish pounds, and we are both like five foot, and we both eat a ton. But we, work, well, we, do, work, we do work out. Well, you little hummingbirds,
0: you know. like <laughs> you know, all that yeah. energy you're burning off, probably burning calories constantly. Yeah. We
1: look at each other, we're like, I would die without fat. I need a lot of fat in my diet.
0: Yeah, um, Maynard opened up a restaurant too—an austeria. No, in in Arizona. Mm. So, so it sort of features wines and where and food. Uh, where in
1: Arizona? Because I know Jer- Jerome is pretty far from like. I mean, I my, my place is in Scottsdale, so
0: yeah, he's out in the middle of nowhere. He's uh, his vineyard. then it's
1: probably Jerome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's in that area. Jerome's
1: on the top of a mountain. I mean this is a this is a cool place to go. If you're ever visiting Arizona, Jerome is really interesting. You kinda wind up this mountain, you get up to the top. It's like supposedly all haunted and um it's very bizarre. Um but there's yeah, he I mean, the last I knew it was a very long time ago that I was there. Um, but it um it uh he has a cool cellar door and there's some restaurants and whatnot and it's on top of a mountain.
0: Yeah. That's that's Maynard. That's the kind of thing he's into. And he's very wise too about balancing out the rock star life versus mm. like, that's one of the things that I think was attractive to him about creating a wine and being a Well, I'd in say that's really area. important. I mean, yeah. ha-
1: I I think I feel like I've figured out in my life how much grounding I need to balance me out. And it's not like, it's not just like everybody needs 50, 50, you know, like right. spend 50% of the time walking around in the woods and 50% of the time doing your shit. It's, you know, everybody's different. So for me, it's like, you know, Maybe 20 percent of the time I need to take a walk in nature or do a yoga class or meditate or something like that.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you need decompression time just from the whole celebrity thing, just being interviewed and in media and people paying attention to you, want to take pictures with you? That's just the constant assault
1: I don't feel it's exhausting because I'm listening and I'm paying attention. I'm answering your questions, honestly, where I think most people can just go into sort of like autopilot mode. Mm -hmm. And it's probably not as mentally exhausting for them. Um, I need for me, it's just being on. You know what I mean? Right. Like you just have to be on all the time, you know. Um, So the, the being on part is nice to get away from.
0: Yeah, I was but I'm
1: so it's kind of answering the questions, but it's really just a matter of having to like, you know, navigating life and people staring at you or wanting something from you or thinking they want something from you just because you're trained because too many people have wanted something from you Right. Um, to, you know, just the demands of the things that you're doing and running around. I mean, I I'm on an airplane twice a week doing stuff, so it's you just get exhausted from that.
0: Yeah, that's not healthy either, right? mm. Yeah. Do you feel like you're gonna step away from public life when you stop racing? Do you gonna fade into the, Probably the normalcy? Not. No. You don't think so?
1: No. I'd love to have a cooking show, so
0: a cooking show. Mm-hmm. Do I you love cook? like I
1: said, I love cooking. Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm yeah. Like what kind of stuff? Anything. I'm not much of a baker though. That's no? because I'm a free spirit and baking's all down to a science. You gotta like measure everything. It's got to be certain temperature. And I'm one of those. Just dump it in a bowl, taste it. Does it need more sugar? Does it need more acid? Does it need to be more rich with fat? Does it need spice? Does it need what does it need? Now,
0: are you going off of books? Do you take classes? Like how did you, how did you learn how to cook?
1: Well, when I moved to England when I was 16, I lived by myself. Eventually, um, why did you do that? Why did you move to England? To race. You were racing in England. Yeah. I left high school when I was 16 and moved to England, and then I I lived there for three years. How do your parents handle that? I think my mom cried a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't imagine. But they couldn't, um, you know, they also couldn't imagine me not having the opportunity, so they let me go. And I left high school. What kind of
0: racing were you doing there?
1: The lowest level open wheel racing. So, what's that mean? Open wheel just means that the wheels are exposed, really. Oh, okay. Versus stock cars, which are NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Um, so, open wheel wheels open. Um, so, there was no wings on the cars that I was driving over there at that point in time. So it was just you know no wing open wheel cars. So I was just you know starting my starting my career really because from go karts I, w- I didn't want to be a professional go kart driver. So I I was like I'll just get into cars as soon as I can. How'd this come up? Well, I was uh, 14 and I was at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and I went into a suite and there was some British dude in there. And so I started asking about cars. And again, we're at the racetrack um, and this, this family that he works for has a team, has a race team. And so I guess I asked all the right questions. And um, two years later, when I was 16, they asked me and my dad to come back to Indy and meet with them and talk about going over to England to race. And they said I could learn more and. One year in England, then five years in America, and it was not true at all. But I did Course it, it anyway. Wasn't. Um, Fucking
0: English people, you're crazy, <sighs> pompous. No, Just get the fuck out of
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I might make English people from England mad, but there's not many that I've liked.
0: Whoa. Yeah. I love English people. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I think they're wonderful. Yeah.
1: Maybe it was just my environment. Like they, uh, no one, no one kept in touch after I left. I lived there for three years and no one kept in touch with me at all.
0: Mm, Maybe you were too intense for English people. Well, they also have, like, like this is where you are, and this is where you stay. You have, like, a very, like, there's oh, rigid think class kind structures a... there.
1: Oh, well, that ain't me.
0: Yeah. they Yeah, I have friends that moved to California from England, and they're like, the people over here are so much more optimistic about the yeah, future. Yeah, and
1: open-minded, right? Like, I mean, just, like, bring you in and prove me wrong instead of, like, prove to me why I got to be your friend. You know Yeah. It's kind well, of a European mentality, a little bit more guarded.
0: Well, also being a 16-year-old girl living there by yourself, not knowing anybody, yeah. that that had to be really yeah. weird.
1: I grew a lot. So, I learned more there in one year than five years in America from a personal standpoint. See, I went over there and I was very open and unguarded and would tell anyone anything and, you know. How'd that just, work
0: out for it you? It didn't work out very well. I got
1: hurt a lot. Um... <laughs> I hated men after that. Um and uh do you um, hate
0: English accents now? Like when you uh, from men?
1: Like, hey, I kinda mate. A little bit. I do, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little scarred. Um but I, anyway I, I came home and my parents described me as very cold when I came home. Very oh. guarded, very cold.
0: Did you guys visit back and forth between um, the Um I would three come years? home
1: like twice a year and they would come over once or twice a year. Oh so it wasn't Alienation, It yeah. was, you know, but mm-hmm. but they
0: said you were cold when you got back. Yeah, you became hard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Fuck that. I know. Yeah.
1: One of the hardest things in life is figuring out who you really are. Like what you really enjoy, who you are as a person, what you stand for, instead of what cultures told you.
0: And what advice do you give someone? That's trying to do that. Like I have a nephew; he's a great kid, but he doesn't know what the fuck he wants to do. He's mm. trying to figure it out now, you know. And
1: I mean, the first quick couple of things that you can do to identify what it is that you're interested in, and you know, something that's true to you, is, um, you know, just what do you do for your hobbies? That's very insightful. What he do you likes enjoy? Doing? If you are by yourself, <laughs> there's a job for you. I mean, is isn't it legal here in California now yes. to?
0: Well, sort of. So
1: anyway, sort of legal. It's like a- some guru farmer, um, and then uh, also this is like an odd one. But look at the phone. Look at the pictures on your phone, or look at the pictures that you post on social media, maybe, or something like that. But whatever you take pictures is also kind of pretty insightful for what you're interested in. Hmm. Okay. I mean, you're not taking pictures of stuff that you don't care
0: about. That's true. It's your phone. But what if you're all selfies? What if your all your pictures like?
1: Well, then I think your ego is very loud.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you have any selfies on your phone? God.
1: So, the only <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why I uh, selfies for me are are ah, are so annoying. But, do you have a selfie stick? No. Um, no, 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 no. But I, the only way I do them is if I am kind of promoting, right? So for me, it's a matter of promoting a healthy lifestyle. So maybe it's me in the gym, working out. Maybe right. it's something like that where I can be like, post a, like whatever workout I did and... Perhaps what you could look like if you did these workouts. Oh, sort of. (laughs) Sort of. Maybe better, really. I mean, please. Um, So, you know, those are why I would take a selfie, or if it's with someone you really like. You know, you can take a picture with someone. That's, a, I don't think that, does that count as a selfie if it's just you no. if it's you and someone else?
0: No. No, no that's just being like, somebody else. creative with yeah. how you're
1: getting a picture of you. Yeah. So yeah, selfies, the only time I do it really is is pretty much just to promote either like clothes I'm wearing for my clothing line or like workout style stuff for my book. But for me, I'm not like, damn, my hair looks good today. And, you know, I, I'm i like, ooh, look at me. And I say nothing. You know, I say, that's just, I don't know, it's now very as ego driven i know,
0: as a woman who is very ambitious and successful and powerful what do you make of these social media stars now that that just do that they just stick their butt out and take pictures and oh, there's a it. lot a lot of that mm-hmm. it's a weird sex sells yeah it always will yeah
1: um uh you probably deal with it more emotionally yourself because it's a vicious circle where you want more. So you have to keep doing more. Right. You know what I mean? You end up to, you end up in a place where you don't know yourself anymore because you're you, doing it to fulfill someone else's wants and desires more than yours.
0: Yeah. Right. Like, you have to keep going to the next
1: level. Right. You have to keep you're like, oh, I wore this like super cute like leggings and a sports bra. And now I got to wear a bodysuit and now I'm wearing a thong. And holy crap. You know, like, look at me now. I'm.
0: Yeah, what do you do? What,
1: Yeah, who are you?
0: And after, like, but some of, it's, it's oddly successful. It's Like, I've sure, gone to yeah. some of them. Their pages have, like, 17 million followers. Well, I'm like,
1: whoa. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. I mean, well, what, it's, a, of course, then it begs the question, like, what is your definition of success then? Yeah. Because if you don't make money off 17 million followers, then what's the point?
0: I think they do, though. They do, like, sponsored posts yeah. and stuff like that. Okay.
1: I mean, I agree. Do. That's why, yeah. again, you have to go to the next level all the time to get... More people. Yeah. It kind of feeds the ego is getting fed.
0: But as a, a woman who's an attractive woman who's also very ambitious, like you could have just been one of those things, right? Like you, like when you see someone, I mean, men. I don't think men look at it this way because I don't think. There's a lot of guys that like look at guys who just do like workout Instagrams or something like that, and they get, look at this fucking guy. How about use your brain, Where's bro? Where's the protein powder? Yeah. I, but as a, a woman who, I mean, you're not falling back on your looks is what I'm trying to say. It's like you have them, but you, that's just a part of you. You're obviously hyper ambitious on top of that. When you see someone who's just, do you feel like they're like wasting time, or do you feel like that's just them?
1: I just feel like it's immaturity. I mean, if that's your driving forces, just your looks and, you know, but there are some that have some content, but, you know, and they can use it to drive a message. Um, I mean, there's some that I've noticed like that that really do have really positive messages, um, spreading positivity, spreading good things, but um, promoting good things. But um, for those who aren't, then I just think it's a level of immaturity um, and it's going to come to I think it will come to bite them eventually because it's. Where does the road lead to?
0: Yeah, it's a short-lived success. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody Mm -hmm. said this once. It's a really great quote that uh, beauty is a short-lived tyranny.
1: Mm. Hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, like. Well,
1: it kind of leads me to a little bit of a one similar like the, I'm not going to get it right exactly, but it's the, uh, the ego is impatient because it knows its time is limited where the soul is patient because it it knows it has forever. Hmm. Ooh,
0: we should like have memes on like a stripper's Instagram page. <laughs> be perfect. Yeah. that's the kind it's of. It's true. I mean, the, ones. And the
1: ego needs to be fed immediately. You know, the ego yeah. wants something now, and it's not thinking about the long term. Or it's true. You know, soul decisions are you know perhaps unrealized for a sort for an amount of time, but you know the truth will always come through. And so, if you're not living it, well. You're going to have a transition.
0: Now, when you make, like, a, if you put, like, an Instagram post up of mm-hmm. workouts and stuff mm-hmm. like that, do you do that specifically because you're trying to motivate people? Do yeah, you, yeah, because
1: you know? it does for me. I mean, when I see somebody hot working out and see a picture of them, I'm like, God, I better get to the gym. <laughs> yeah. better get working out. Oh, maybe put that put that chocolate down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. think, I mean, people, especially people in my line of work, comedians, love to mock things along those lines. But I mm-hmm. take inspiration off of yeah. a lot of people online. Yeah.
1: And I, you know, my overall, like overall what I hope for people too is, is that um, with um, with the book I wrote, I... I just, I really want people to find confidence in themselves and develop a healthier relationship with food and exercise. And I think most people think of food as a punishment, right? They're like, oh my God, I'll just eat this terrible vegetable. Or they're like, I have to work out, this sucks. Where working out can be fun. Working out can make you feel good. Food can also make you feel good. Food is medicine. Food will make you not only feel good, but be good and um, look better. So, um, so, you know, I, I really hope that in all of my motivation, it drives people into a direction where they um, feel good about it all and there's a there's there's more positivity around it. Don't you feel like there's so much negativity around eating healthy and working out? There's so many people that just hate it
0: there's quite a bit of that, but I think there's a lot of positivity around it too. I think that people are um, recognizing more and more today the benefits of eating healthy in terms of like psychological benefits mm-hmm. like your, your mind works better physical mm. benefits you feel better about your choices you feel better about your momentum in life like hey i'm on the right path i'm i'm eating healthy mm-hmm. i'm taking supplements i'm working <laughs> out on a regular basis my body feels i've got more energy oh yeah it's tuned in better i
1: mean i remember when i cut out dairy and gluten years ago and my energy level finally was up and consistent Where before it'd be like the random day where you're like, man, why am I so exhausted today? Like, I'm just so tired. Yeah. I didn't have any of those days anymore.
0: Yeah. When people eat a lot of refined carbohydrates and then shift to uh, a diet that has none of that stuff in it, it's stunning. Yeah. The the effect that it has on your midday. I always tell people, like, do you need a nap in the middle of the day? If you're one of those people, just try. Cut out your sugar. Cut out your refined carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. And then watch what happens. Yeah you, you will you will have so much more energy during the day. Not a
1: napper, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean maybe I like coffee, but
0: Are you one of those four but, hours of sleep at night people?
1: Actually I can. I don't need a lot. I wake up with the sunlight too. <laughs> so I'm one of those people and I wake up in the morning and like I see the light going, on, I'm like morning is it morning i'm so excited if it's morning i'm ready i love really? the morning and i'm very chatty and i'm very like up and ready to go and like are you get awake some coffee. yes wake are you awake i'll make coffee do yeah. you want breakfast yeah. come on oh, I wanna that, go running. let's go running that's me i'm really annoyingly up and ready to go and happy in the morning i love the morning
0: how are you at night though Sleepy. Oh, so I'm okay. I'm okay. Battles.
1: I'm okay. But once I get horizontal <laughs> at night, it's over. Like I'm falling asleep.
0: You have no insomnia. No. No. Yeah, I don't think so.
1: No, I have before. It's awful.
0: Yeah, that sucks. That's not good.
1: But I don't. I don't have it. No. 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 I. I'm. I'm but once i lay down at night i'm i'm tired
0: now what kind of diet do you follow do you have a specific you said no gluten and no dairy. cut out dairy
1: and then a couple of years ago um, i uh, so i uh, i did an ivf treatment to freeze my eggs because Whoa. i'm getting older and i drive race cars and I-, I can't you know do any of that stuff so i was like look i'm going for the insurance policy here so How's that
0: go? what do they how do they get those out of there
1: Okay, do so you really want to know?
0: Yeah. this is a, It's a weird method, right? All right. So you have go a ton top? of shots
1: for like a month. A ton of shots. A ton of shots. Every day you stick them in your stomach and you have a ton of shots. And so they drop they your estrogen down to nothing and then they ramp it up. And then it multiplies the follicles. Like the follicles are what grows the egg. So you go in after a while and you start getting ultrasounds to see how many follicles are growing on each side. So... Um, Anyway, it was good for me. Um, But that many grows and they want them each to get to like one by basically almost an inch by an inch each of them. And I mean, I had like, I mean, this is a lot of information, but, you know, 20 to 30 on each side. That's a shitload of real estate in my body. It got very uncomfortable. 20 so to they, 30
0: inches on each side. Each one's well, an inch. Well, bo-
1: yeah, like... Well, so did
0: people think you were pregnant?
1: Yeah, you you do. You look like three months... I mean, it was huge. I wow. was so uncomfortable. And you're feeling all the megs in there? Yeah, it's horrible. Were
0: you naming them, this one's Cindy. <laughs> this is Bobby.
1: You're number seven. This is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I come from a long line of girls, so I'm pretty sure they're all girls. Um, but uh, it's... Um, so I did that, and they, they you do this trigger drug thing, and then, you know, 36 hours hours on the minute you go in and you retrieve it and what they do is they you get wheeled in the room is super like humid and warm they like a f- jungle yeah like a jungle and um so animal wild things in there so they put you in like they put you in like <laughs> ski boots Yo. like toes. get you get you up and ready whoa and then some chick was like all right i'm gonna give you a little Little something relaxing. I'm like, girl, you don't have to tell me. Just do it. Like that was, that was what I told her. And then I was asleep. Wow. And they go in and every they go in with a needle and retrieve every one of them, one by one, with a needle. I think yeah. They go in and mm. puncture in through the through it and retrieve the. How many eggs did you
0: get sucked out of there?
1: Twenty four. Wow. so you have a potential twenty four children. Nineteen were mature.
0: Oh, okay. So nineteen potential. People. Yeah. How many think you're gonna make? <laughs> not that many. Have you thought about it? <laughs> no.
1: No. They say you need 20 to guarantee one. So wow. pretty much guaranteed one. Wow. But this is an insurance policy. It doesn't mean yeah. I can not
0: try a different right way. way if I
1: wanted to. Yeah. Well, if you but anyway, racing. so okay, back to the back to right. the point. Like we just got way off track here, but this Sorry. is part of the story as to why I decided to change my diet and my my workout and why I ended up writing a book um, was because I, I gained like four pounds. Okay. I'm just people I know there's people who are like, Well, oh, who cares four pounds? On my frame, five foot, who I'm small, little and you know for any girl out there you know your jeans only fit when you're exactly the size that you are and then you gain a couple of pounds and they don't anymore i was just uncomfortable it just wasn't i just gained some weight and not Four anything of eggs really too. well it lot. was it was it was legit like i just gained some weight because of the hormones so it instantly also gave me some sympathy for people out there with whether it's dudes and testosterone or women with pregnancy or you know um uh, menopause or whatever it is that changes their hormones. And sometimes you just gain weight. I'm like, Oh, my God, this is, this is real. Um, this isn't just some excuse for getting older and being lax about your diet or your exercise, it really happens. And so anyway, so I decided to eat paleo um, for like a week, really, I was gonna do it for a week. And I did it. Um, and I never stopped. So that was two years ago. And then um, I also started doing two a day workouts because I Wanted to change it up and sort of kick things up a notch. But I also realized that I was out taking my dogs for walks. And I was like, well, if I'm walking them, I might as well run and do a workout, too. So, you know, instead of a mile and a half of walking around the property, I would go for three.
0: Well, so when you, you say you do two a day, is like, how do you break it up?
1: Um, they're usually um, a little shorter, like I would say somewhere between 20 to 40 minutes each. And um, uh, one of them will be I do upper body, lower body, and an ab day, and I just rotate through those. Really, I just I keep rotating through those because, look, if you do if I do it right, I'm so sore I can't do upper body again for a few days. So I just rotate through those, and then I supplement in if I have time. I do interval um, running where I'll like sprint for 30 seconds, walk for 30 seconds, sprint for 30. And I'll do that for 20 minutes.
0: And do you have someone train you or do you do everything yourself?
1: No, I do everything myself. I write, I've, I write, I love writing workouts. I think it's the artistic side of me. I like the balance and the flow of like creating something that has fluidity and makes sense and there's good transitions through movements. So, um, I mean, I see your big rogue gym going in. So, I, uh, I'd i be happy to program for you if you want me to. But program it's cross, for me. Do cross, it. CrossFit style workouts. So Well,
0: I do a lot. Like I said, I don't do CrossFit, but yeah. most of the stuff I do is kettlebells, yeah. deadlifts, yeah. things along those lines. I do lines. that stuff too. Yeah. A lot of chin ups. Yeah. Too many. I, I got a uh, what's do called do golfers, golf, golfers' elbow.
1: Tell me about it. My right elbow is yeah. feeling so sore for like three days. Is it right on? Yeah. It's,
0: it's right like right on inside. the top. It's
1: like right here. It just. it's But I sore. Give a, gotta
0: give a shout out to Kelly Starrett. He uh, hooked me up with this crazy protocol for uh, healing up my tendinitis. And?
1: What is it? Is it legal? just started. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, mostly, do you know who he is? He's uh, the guy who wrote that book, Becoming a Supple Leopard. He's a real wizard when it comes to like exercise physiology and understanding the body. And his book's amazing. I'm
1: all about new and improved modalities. and Yeah.
0: He's like he gave me a bunch of different things, but also a tool to scrape the area, which is going to be. Pretty oh, intense. is it like
1: a blade, like a yeah. like a metal? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've had yeah. that done before. Yeah,
0: and scraping uh, topical CBD oil, um, which is oh. uh, really good. Is that for, legal? Yes, yes, CBD is illegal across the board. Okay, non non psychoactive, but the FDA is trying to. Stop that. Well, of those course. Follow the heads. money. Yeah, those creeps. Follow the money. To,
1: it's a good explanation for just about everything. Yeah.
0: They're trying to put it in the same classification as heroin. It's hilarious. What? Yeah. It's so stupid. It's just I mean, 100% it's just pharmaceutical drug companies. I mean, it's just man-made
1: institutions of decision making.
0: Yep. Well, it's just creepy people with money that don't want to lose money to CBD oil because it's so much better for you and, and healthy and natural and does the exact same thing. Imagine how
1: much the drug companies would lose.
0: Yeah. Or that... gain if they started selling it fucks it's just they want to monopolize it that's the problem course, they want probably. patents they want to mm. be able to patent things you know that's but that's uh like we were talking about before about the things that are in the amazon i mean that's they there's there's so many different plants that can deal with so many different ailments that people have mm. but,
1: but like then, ayahuasca
0: yeah that's one of them sure have you done it
1: I haven't, but it's yeah. kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, have you done any psychedelics? No, nothing. I've never done
1: drugs ever.
0: No drugs, no pot,
1: ever, never, uh, nothing. Oh, you scared? No, I, I. My dad scared the living daylights out of me when I was a kid, and he told me that if I ever, he's like, you get tested for drugs and you fail, you you won't ever be a race car driver. He told me that about drinking and driving too. If you get, if you lose your license, you won't be able to race, and then, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up then? You know, mm. he threatened me with oh,
0: Dad, remedial down, Dad.
1: remedial jobs. Jesus. And um, yeah, so he scared the living daylights out of me. Truth be told, you can lose your license, still race. Also, truth be told, I didn't get drug tested until way later. But Meanwhile, we do get drug tested. you're we running a drug, drug farm. Now. Oh, what? You sell wine. You're running uh, a drug farm. Well, kind of, I That's guess. That's a drug
0: farm, lady. It's,
1: l- it's legal above
0: 20. It's 21. a 100% drug farm. It's wonderful, delicious tasting drugs. It sure is. <laughs> you get fucked up on wine. Yeah. I mean, what is that? That's drugs. And
1: addicted to drinking alcoholism, 100%, right? 100%, sure. I mean, there's a lot of other things that you can do that yeah. are altering that aren't addictive, right?
0: You're running a plant-based drug farm, 100%.
1: Cash crops.
0: Yeah, that's what you're doing. You're a drug dealer.
1: Well, let's just go all the way. <laughs> well, if I was going to do something, what would be the first thing I would do? Pot.
0: For sure. Okay. Nice and light, real slow, (laughs) don't take much.
1: What does that mean, don't take much?
0: Just take a little bit. You don't want to freak out. Like One of the major problems that people have when they first start smoking pot, they'll take like (laughs) two or three hits. You can take one, one like, that's it, put it down. Right, Jamie? Yeah, Jamie will tell you. Okay. Little hit, walk away. Yeah, (gasps) don't fuck with edibles. Leave those alone. Those, those you need to build
1: up to those things oh. those are those, those are, are completely different experience e- experienced users
0: well it's not just that even experienced users they don't recognize the fact that it's a completely different psychoactive ingredient oh. yeah when hmm. THC. It's not THC? No. When it's processed by your liver, it produces 11-hydroxy metabolite, Whoa. which is four to five times more psychoactive than THC. It's way more potent. Whoa. Yeah, which is why people freak out when they eat edibles, and they just don't... Don't eat the whole brownie. No. No. <laughs> A couple crumbs and then don't even think about having any more for at least two hours. Let it settle in. Let it give yourself time. Yeah. Don't
1: freak out after 15, 20 minutes and be like it's not working.
0: Right. Don't do that. This the That's kind of what thing. I do sometimes
1: when I'm drinking. I'm like, I'm sure. Man, this is my third drink. It just doesn't seem to be working. And then I hit it harder and then I'm I Boom. don't remember anything. Then and you hit I the wall. Brown out or black out, whatever. <laughs> yeah, drugs. You um, do drugs. Yeah, actually one of the one of the first times I heard one of your podcasts, I think it was it was about DMT.
0: Yeah. That's the mother load. DMT is the psychoactive ingredient that's in ayahuasca. And right. It's right. the most potent psychedelic. Seems
1: like a cleaner cleaner way to do it as opposed to ayahuasca where you yeah. throw up and Poop. shoot yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely probably, uh, it's also quicker. <laughs> you know, like the worst, the longest it's going to take is like 15 or 20 minutes. But there's some places that are doing it now where they're doing it intravenously so those trips are apparently that was how they did it and there's a book called DMT the Spirit Molecule Mm -hmm. molecule by Mm -hmm. this guy Dr. Rick Strassman who did all these studies out of the University of New Mexico and uh, they were the first uh, FDA approved clinical studies they um, did it
1: with a group of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah I you think did I saw it. something about that.
0: It's amazing. It was amazing, but they, they were did in a hospital intrave- yes. and they did it
1: intravenously.
0: Yeah, and they were gonzo for like forty minutes, like boom, off into the off into the other dimension.
1: I was going to say, so other dimension, right? This dream state, is, do you think it's like a dream state?
0: Uh, it's very similar because they believe that your brain during heavy REM sleep also produces DMT. And they mm. think that's... Because
1: we all have it. We yes. all have DMT.
0: Everybody has it. Yeah. 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 Everybody it's has naturally it. naturally occurring in everyone. Yes. It's produced by your liver, your lungs, and... Now they know it's also produced at least in rats by your pineal gland, which is literally your third eye. Mm-hmm. That's it's it actually in certain reptiles it yeah. actually has a retina and a lens. Shut it's up. yeah, yeah, it is it is an eye. I'm
1: always trying to decalcify my pineal gland. Is that real?
0: I don't know. You get that from them. Crystal people in Sedona. Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, they say it's like fluoride. Fluoride's calcifying your pineal gland, mm. man. Like, okay. I did watch a
1: cool how's thing. How's it getting in there? Yeah, yeah.
0: How's it getting through my mouth and through? Are you sure? Are you sure? Well, yeah, it goes in, in everything. There? You
1: are what you eat.
0: Yeah, sorta. Of. But are you what you drink?
1: Are that you, too. Are you wine? Yes. <laughs> yes, I get better with age. Duh. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I Um, I don't know if you really your pineal gland actually gets calcified by fluoride in drinking water. That sounds like some hippie horse shit.
1: It does sound hippie horse shit. I'd like to see some scientific proof. But hey, man, with all the hippie shit, there's not a lot of scientific proof with it.
0: No, no, there's not. It's a sense
1: of knowing. That's what it comes down to is a sense of knowing. Like, do you really feel like this is making sense to you? Does it register? Are you like, "Hmm, I don't know why I believe this, but I just do. I don't even know where it came from.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. I'd rather trust scientists.
1: <laughs> I like science too. My sister and I went and saw Neil deGrasse Tyson in Indianapolis over the winter. Over oh, what Christmas. did
0: he, he had like one it of was those Star the, Talk Radio things? Uh, it was
1: called the uh, "An Astrophysicist Reads the Newspaper." Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he like pulled cra- you know, articles and you know just laughed about them. Basically, oh, that's cool. Pluto came up because he was part of the peop- part of the group that. Sort of said that Pluto wasn't a planet.
0: Yes. Yeah. People got very upset with him.
1: Yeah. He also loved to point out how there'd be something crazy and he'd be like, let me point out, this is in the science section of the newspaper. Like, as if like, how did this make it to the science section?
0: Right. He's going to come on here sometime in February and they're going to, he's going to talk to a guy who uh, believes the earth is flat.
1: Oh, the, that like guy. He made fun of that guy, too. Yeah. He's like, let me show you a reflection of what it looks like if the Earth was flat. And, you know, of course, it's you know, a shadow of a flat line. It's like, of course, that's not true.
0: Well, of course, it's not true. But there's a lot of young people out there today that believe the Earth is flat. Do you believe the Earth is flat? Well, no, I guess. most certainly do not. But I think it's... Why do...
1: I mean, do they, do they not dumb. think we actually go into outer space and are on... No,
0: they think that, that's fake, too. But no. I think it's just a matter do of... Do you think
1: we landed on the moon?
0: If there is anything that i think is one of the more attractive conspiracy theories it's the moon landing one Mm. because the only time they did it was between 1969 and 1972 they did seven missions six were successful and that's the only time in human history that people have been more than i think 400 miles above the earth's surface everything else All the space shuttle missions, all of the uh, space station missions, all that stuff is inside of 400 miles. The moon is like 260,000 miles there and back. And they've never even sent a chicken into space and had it come back alive. They never sent anything into space other than people, like into deep space, Mm. past the Van Allen radiation belt, past the magnetosphere. I think most likely we went, but if there's... ever a conspiracy theory that's attractive to me it's that one cuz yeah. i just think it would be fascinating if during the nixon administration they really did fake it and there's there's a lot of weirdness why to it why would they fake it well first of all to show military superiority to the russians and again i'm not saying and i used to believe they did fake it i was i was heavily on the side that they faked it but then i realized i don't know jack shit about astrophysics I don't know jack yeah, shit about Neil. rocket travel I don't I mean I'm just talking out of my ass so like me saying that they didn't go mm-hmm. was literally an ignorant perspective
1: just, like, a, just a guess well it's just
0: be, being attracted to conspiracy theories yeah
1: which is fun
0: that's the problem is uh, that conspiracy <laughs> theories are really fun <laughs> Like yeah. Bigfoot's really fun. UFOs are really fun. All that stuff is really fun. You have to sift really through a fun. lot of
1: stuff to get to the, get to the core because there's, yeah. there's, there's arguments on both sides.
0: There is, but it's also you have to recognize in yourself that you do not want the official story to be true. And I do not. And almost every single thing that happens, like, you know, moon landing or UFO landings or any, any crazy shit, I always want the crazy shit to be real. I always want the UFO thing to be a real thing. They do have it. Do you
1: believe in aliens?
0: Yes. I think it's more than likely that there's something out there.
1: I mean, like, to, to feel like that we're the only thing in the universe is a little ridiculous. It
0: seems stupid. It seems pretty
1: yeah. ignorant and arrogant.
0: Yeah. But I don't think that it's what we think it is. I think it's uh, most likely far beyond the the places that we can currently travel to. And I think that by the time they get to a high level of sophistication, they're most likely not even organic anymore. Mm. And I think that that's the future of the human race. Levels of consciousness? Well, I think maybe that, but I also think there's a real problem with the possibility of artificial intelligence. I think... Human beings are about to create life whether we recognize it as life or not what artificial life is going to be is life Mm. Artificial intelligence is going to have the ability to change itself multiply what Human beings have been able to do in terms of technological uh, innovation By a rate of something insane like in two years. They'll be able to do 10,000 years of innovation in in terms wow. of like what we're capable of doing, hmm. so I think that what we're looking at now is the the last days of biological life. I think a hundred years from now, five hundred years from now, whatever it is, there won't be biological humans anymore. I think they'll this will be an archaic, outdated. The world will
1: change as we know it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, and that kind
1: of mean you know if, I don't believe in everything the Bible says, but you know.
0: Was that in the world Bible? Change.
1: Well, so the apocalypse, the world yeah. will change as we know it.
0: I think the apocalypse is local. The world
1: will end as we know it, right?
0: But I think the apocalypse, like the stuff in the Bible, that's all local. Like mm-hmm. if, you, if you lived where Hurricane Katrina hit, you would think the apocalypse was there. Right. If you were in, you know, anywhere where something really fucking crazy happened and you didn't have any contact with the outside world, no cell phones, no radio, no TV, it didn't exist. Sure.
1: True. If you were isolated.
0: Yeah. I think that's what all of our our notions of the apocalypse Mm. are. They're periodic natural disasters that are unbelievably devastating. Like they've proven that the entire human race was was down to a few thousand people because of a super volcano around 70,000 years ago. So wow. I think there's been a series of those events throughout history where the human race is brought down to an, uh, an almost unmanageable level mm. and then we repopulated. Hm. And I think that that's probably the origins of the apocalypse hm. or asteroid impacts, which are very common. They've happened mm-hmm. all throughout history. But do you
1: think that AI is gonna just eliminate biological humans?
0: I think it's entirely possible that we're going to give into it, too, that we're going to take it. We're going to, first of all, become symbiotic. We're going to take something and put it inside of us. It's going to enhance us, whether it's our ability to communicate, whether it's our ability to see. Mm. We're going to start implanting chips Hmm. into ourselves. And then they're going to have improved body parts. Like, Mm. say, if you break your arm and they're like, look, Danica, we can fix your arm. But it's going to take a year. You have, you know, 17 broken bones, or we can replace it with an arm that works better and it'll feel just like a regular arm. And I'm going to bring in Mike, and Mike has a fake arm, and he's going to show you how it works. Hmm. And Mike's going to come in. I'm so much happier with my arm than I was with my fake arm, with my real arm. <laughs> it's then, the new
1: dr- drug pushers, yeah. right? They're like, no, this look how it works, and I'll. It's a free vacation to um, if you do this. Uh, I I watched some – I heard some YouTube video of like – it was someone who channels other – Oh, one of those assholes. uh Uh-huh. I I think it was channeling the Palladians. Oh,
0: yeah. Probably totally legit.
1: Yeah. And she talked about – it was talking about how as a a human race, we have to be careful we don't alter ourselves too much because then we won't exist as a human race because we won't be able to procreate. And that is what keeps our race alive.
0: That's probably true. I mean, if you think about where we're going to go, but – also, doesn't it have to keep evolving? I mean, if we got back, look, do you think like monkeys when they were living in trees, throwing shit at each other? We're like, different hey, than that now. We got to be chill. Otherwise, we're going to stop being monkeys. We we'll won't be able to throw shit at each other and, <laughs> and dodge jaguars. And
1: eat bananas all day. Yeah. I mean,
0: I think people are afraid of change. And I think the totally. human race is afraid of change, too. But we're by no means that's perfect. That's why most
1: people don't do things, right? They are. All, everyone's afraid of change. Right. Taking a chance. Right. Having it be different. Yeah. Maybe it's worse. Well, Dick, maybe it's better, you yeah. know?
0: Well, that's like the hallmark of your whole life. Look 100%. at you.
1: 100%. I'm, I'm not afraid of change. Yeah. I'm not.
0: Okay, so you I get the really, robot arm. I
1: have a moment. I'll take the arm. I'll, I have a moment of, um, uh, you know, fear of like, oh shit, and then there's the next moment is well, maybe it's better than I could ever expect.
0: What if they or build, imagine. they give you two options? They give you one robot arm that you never have to work out. It'll okay. always be strong. Mm-hmm. You can get that one, or you can get one that you constantly have to work out. Oh, like
1: I would. I I'd probably take the robot arm.
0: Which which robot arm? Would you take the one that you constantly have to work out? No. Or would you take the one that's just perfect?
1: Yeah, I'd probably take the perfect You'd one.
0: You never have to exercise. Just bam, just jacked all the yep, time.
1: Yep. If I wanted, I, I mean, working out. If I still needed to do that for like the you know feel good endorphin hormone sort of you know state, no, then I'd like still a do pump that.
0: Right here by your brain, just and that's you get it. That little endorphin little...
1: rush. Well, yeah. And I would go do a lot more stuff like walking around in nature.
0: Mm, That's a good answer. Because
1: that's, I mean, I really find enjoyment out of that. I mean, I find enjoyment out of the intensity level of things and the confidence that I get or the, you know, being able to shift my mindset to this sort of like all go, all in, not no pain, no gain, that's so cheesy, but like I can Mm -hmm. endure and right. the confidence that comes from enduring and pushing through, I enjoy that. I enjoy that development of my mind and my discipline and my confidence. I do. Um, but I'm probably just shifting more into enjoying, you know, things that are a little more peaceful, too. So,
0: Shifting more into enjoying nature. Yeah. Yeah. But well, that would be the most fucked up thing. If, like, you didn't enjoy nature anymore, if they started replacing body parts and, you're know, like, you didn't give a shit about the forest...
1: Oh, that would be sad. Yeah, That would be sad. I wouldn't take that body part then. You probably wouldn't know until it's too late. <laughs> no, until
0: they replace well, it.
1: Probably gonna be dead before all this is real. So that's what I think
0: those aliens are. When people see aliens, those gray aliens, the grays, the big eyes and mm-hmm. shit. I think that's just what we're gonna become. That's what I think. I've been thinking that a lot. I hmm. think it's natural. If you look at like what a monkey is. And then if we were at some point in time like some ancient hominid like australopithecus or whatever cro-magnon man and then we moved on to become homo sapien. the f- if we keep going in that direction this is what we're going to look like we're going to look like little skinny things with big heads lollipops yeah
1: that's what I look like when I have my helmet on when I'm in my race suit people you are do like you look like mm. an alien
0: <laughs> that's a good point right <laughs> because, because you I'm have so a regular small. size helmet that's right I, yeah I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, your helmet is like, that would be like a, a big guy wearing an enormous helmet. It'd yeah. be crazy. Yeah. I do you know. have a strong neck? You must have a wicked neck. I do. Do you do exercises with it? I don't need to. You know, just carrying the helmet around all the time?
1: It's probably that and just looking up, looking up to my nine foot target for wall balls and like, God, my neck hurts. Mm, yeah. Nah, just, you know, you're not at the car, out of the car that long. It might hurt a little bit when I get back in an Indy car again because the G-forces are higher, but you also lean your head against the headrest. Usually the only thing that would make me hurt, might make my neck hurt a little bit is road courses at the beginning of the road of IndyCar season. What is it like? Going to you- test because acceleration and deceleration, there's nothing to hold you from like your neck going, your head going Uh. forward. I mean, there is, but not to the level that you would drive that way. Um, There's just a device that is in case you're in an accident, but it still moves. So, you know, holding, holding your neck forward and backwards is a lot more sore than side to side just because you have a headrest. So when you
0: get out of a long race, Mm -hmm. is your whole body tired?
1: Yeah. I mean, in stock cars, it's, uh, it's really a lot about dehydration.
0: Dehydration.
1: Yeah, I mean, the car's like 130, 140 degrees in there.
0: Now, do you have a tube? I do. you water have, from like a like a
1: camelback that goes right. through the front of my helmet. A but couple blowers, a back blower, a helmet blower, things that are cooler air, but I'm here to tell you it's still hot as hell in there.
0: I can imagine. I mean, yeah. there's a fire in a gigantic iron block in front of you.
1: Yeah, when the water and oil temperature is 300 degrees, yeah. Jesus. It sort of, uh, it's like a greenhouse in the car. It's right, it runs right underneath you, too. Do you
0: think you're going to miss it?
1: That's a great question. I was talking about this just the other day. Like, am I going to miss the intensity? Am I going to miss certain? I I mean, I don't know if I'll, I think I will miss some of it a little bit. Every now and again, I'm driving down the road and I'm like, I'll I'll probably miss it a little bit, but, um, but, uh, yeah, again, I'm a decisive person, so I'm good.
0: I'm sure you're good.
1: I'm just wondering more if I'm going to miss the, the intensity level of the job and the Highs being so high, but the lows being low. I mean, that's the that's how you get the highs, right? And the duality of the of the environment. Um, I'm wondering if I'll miss some of that, and if whatever I do on the side will be enough.
0: What is the age that most people retire from racing?
1: I'm 35. I'm a, a slightly young, I would say, early 40s. After
0: a while, they just. Their body just takes too much.
1: And you're just exhausted. I mean, honestly, like, especially if it's NASCAR, you're just exhausted. I mean, it's, I mean, that's my feeling anyway. You know, you're gone for 40 weeks a year on the road in these, you know, really luxurious places of the world on the barbecue world tour, like, grilling out of your bus and living out of a bus for most of your life and, you know, on the road, in and out of airplanes, hours of nothing to do on the weekends while you're, you know, sitting there. So, just kind of the grind. So I think you kind of just get a little worn out.
0: Yeah, I could only imagine.
1: Oh, you know, I mean, even like you were talking about interviews and stuff, like, yeah, I I enjoy doing interviews that aren't based around, how's your car this weekend? You know, I mean, they're just so boring. They really are. Right. Yeah. So it's fun for me to talk about. Working out or cooking or wine food you know all that stuff it's just interesting or aliens
0: yeah I could only Im- <laughs> I could only imagine the, <laughs> the the boring grind of uh the media tour that you must have to go through when you 're racing all the time yeah, I'll tell you what Danica, you were moving quite fast out there today. you happy for a performance
1: I was watching the uh the uh the old South Park episode. they had a bunch of NASCAR drivers on South Park, and you know it was the it was when um Cartman was trying to be um, poor and stupid so he could race NASCAR, and he was sponsored by Vagisil, and he he ate a ton of Vagicil to make him as stupid as he could, and he realized that the more stupid he got, the more money he spent, the more in debt he got, and that's how you got poor. So he just bought, like, jet skis and just... I think he says at one point in time, Danica, you're not half, half as poor and stupid as I am.
0: Oh, that's right. You were in it.
1: Yeah, I was in it.
0: Uh, w- did you use your own voice? No, no, no. South else? Park
1: just does oh, all their a, own stuff. I was hilarious. on The Simpsons that year too, and I I did my voiceover for that. But for for South Park, no. Did you love it? I was awesome. I mean, I don't care what they say. If you're on a show, it's flattering, right? They to make to make TV in a different capacity means you're being noticed.
0: Well, especially South Park. I mean, I think that's the funniest show that's ever existed. Yeah. Especially like all time. If you look at uh, all the episodes they've done, I mean, it doesn't even make sense how creative they are.
1: That's what I was thinking is how they're just insightful ahead of things a lot and definitely clever, like with their, the delivery of it.
0: Yeah. They're wizards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's completely bizarre. What kind of car do you drive in regular life? Please don't say like a Prius. No. That would bump oh, Like if you're like, oh, I just drive The other Tesla. day I was throwing
1: some things into the recycling bin and I'm like, I'm just trying to do my part because let's face it, I burn fuel for a living.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> Think about it in uh, terms of how much fossil fuel. I wonder if you could yeah. say like a chart, how much fossil fuel the average person burns. Oh,
1: I would not be doing well on that. <laughs> that would not be, uh, I would not do well with the... <sighs> tree huggers or vegans of the world all the people loving animals like me i'm, I'm all those people i yeah. love the forest i try and eat vegetables most of the time things like that but yeah i also don't do my part when it comes to my job
0: what kind of car do you drive
1: uh so i've had cars for years through um s- through the manufacturer so um this past year we were sponsored by ford so i had a i had a ford expedition el i didn't know what el meant it means extra long
0: oh so, you I got extra a, space in the back.
1: Yeah. It was, ho- yeah. Why don't
0: they hook you up with a Mustang Shelby?
1: Well, One that's not very practical.
0: GT350s?
1: Yeah. I don't think, we weren't even allowed to customize the, customize the wheels on that thing. So what? Yeah, it was bare, bare bones.
0: Because that was part of the contract? It's they just want you to do you're allowed. You get exactly. a car, but you
1: can't get um, anything dressed up. So. Why don't they hook you up with
0: a Raptor? Fun. Uh,
1: i could have had a raptor i guess uh, but why didn't you get it maybe like trucks aren't really me whatever <laughs> no, <it's laughs> fun better than the el <laughs> yeah well so, the el's not bad but, uh oh. yeah so and then i had a tahoe when i drove for chevy before that
0: i would think that you would want something fast
1: um so that I, I uh i bought my first car in what's the last car i bought oh yeah a long time ago i bought a Mercedes, ML63 AMG. It was like a SUV, souped up SUV. That was a long time ago. That was like 10 years ago. Um, I uh, I bought a Range Rover.
0: So since then, you've just been using manufacturer cars yep. from the sponsors? Because they're free dollars. Yeah.
1: And they're not, you know, whatever. Did, it's free is free.
0: Is that like a part of the contract? Like that's the yeah. only car you're allowed to drive?
1: Um, probably not, but. But that's
0: the only car you know, car if you're you going to drive to the racetrack, probably right. want to drive in your yeah. Company car. Yeah, probably good move. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but other drivers have other cars too.
0: But do you think that once you retire, you will start like going, God damn, I think I need to get something. Fast. I'm not a car
1: girl. What? Nope, not what? a car girl. Sorry to disappoint you. What does you. that mean?
0: How you? How'd you even say those words?
1: I know. I how'd you d- just again, say I'm, I'm not most- a car?
0: Do you know who you are?
1: Yes, and You're I'm not a car Patrick. girl. I know. You're I- a
0: race car driver, woman.
1: I don't even know how many cylinders are in things. I'm just, I just drive them. I'm just good at that.
0: You don't know how many cylinders? I
1: don't know. I think we have eight. <laughs> That's so crazy. I just lost some fans. Yeah.
0: How can you be such a good driver and not know anything about cars? I don't need to. It's a good way of looking at it.
1: I don't build it. I don't
0: it's true. I didn't have
1: to go to school for engineering. Remember the beginning That's of our right. talk?
0: Ten years old.
1: Ten years old. I remember So uh yeah, I just I I can drive them.
0: You need to get yourself one of those new shelby gt 500 700 oh, yeah. horsepower yep, yeah i just one. announced it
1: oh what oh a shelby new one. Oh, okay not the gt not the gt 500 or the oh you mean the four GT. gt yeah, yeah not no that's that pretty crazy too
0: but yeah. shelby just yeah. put out a new muscle but the see, problem with those four gts they're awesome but the paddle shifts
1: you want a manual yeah you want a stick
0: yeah i like sticks yeah it's more fun
1: <laughs> it is yeah it's just some more racy
0: it's just more fun yeah, you know, I have a Bronco, a 1971 Bronco. And saw even it down there. Driving that is, you know, it's a stick. It's like it's, it's not that fast, but it's just just feeds your me- testosterone. Me- mechanical. Ugh. It's mechanical. <laughs> you feel it's analog. You know.
1: I just like my car to be good off the line. I bought a Lamborghini a long while back, and uh, it didn't have a cup holder, so oh. I was like, "Well, this is <laughs> stupid. This is not practical." <sighs> so yeah, so then I bought the Mercedes.
0: And that had a cup holder. That had happy. a couple cup
1: holders, yep. So it was good. But then it you know, technology evolved and it didn't have Bluetooth to play my music, so I was like, Well, I'm uh, uh, gonna have to get rid of this. And that was when I started driving for a Chevy and then I got a Tahoe and I liked that, and then I got a an so you're driving edition. for Chevy
0: and they didn't give you a Corvette?
1: I didn't ask for one. How could you not want one?
0: You driving for I Chevy. I needed a
1: practical car. If I wanted a Corvette, I could buy one.
0: Oh, okay i know you're good but i would say be like come on hook it up i'm not yeah i come on I'm,
1: pra- I'm not a car girl we went just, over this i don't understand
0: this though i keep i keep wanting to catch you in that lie no <laughs>
1: I, I i don't care i just i have cars are like purses for me i just need one nice one and when it wears out i'll get a new one
0: you don't like purses not
1: really oh, i don't you're really care
0: weird girl I just
1: needed one that looks good and performs. just one
0: that's it yeah what about shoes
1: no, I like shoes. Oh, okay. I have a okay. lot of shoes. Oh, there you
0: go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're a girl.
1: I'm definitely a girl.
0: But not purses. What I about jewelry? Own,
1: I curled my own hair today.
0: Whoa, that's crazy. How'd Did you do it? my own makeup. It? Yeah. I you just, okay?
1: Yeah, my shoulder hurts a little bit, but... <laughs> hair spray. <coughs> what is this stuff now? I'm very much a girl. I believe you. That's what if people ask me, what, what is it about you that people would be surprised? And I tell them I'm like much more girly away from the track than you'd think because I'm really aggressive at the track and I don't look very happy. And away from the track, I'm, I try and be funny and I smile more and I'm much more relaxed.
0: Are you surprised that with all your success and all the attention that you've gotten from your success as the only woman on your level? in in professional racing. Mm -hmm. Are you surprised that more women aren't entering in that you haven't like sort of opened the door or do you think that it's such a specialized and unique thing to do that it's just not something that a lot of women gravitate towards?
1: I used to say that for a hundred men that came through, if you found a good, it takes a hundred to find a good one. That comes pretty quickly, but to go through a hundred women takes a lot longer because there are so m- few of them um, There are more coming through, but I just think that you know over time it just takes a lot longer to find good ones but i don't I don't know i I think back to uh, this is my ego talking I think back to um, a long time ago um, when um, Paul Newman was still alive and we were on a late night show together probably Letterman. And he was asked before I went on, he was the first guest, if there was going to be another driver, another girl that comes through that compares to me. And he said he didn't think so. Maybe there won't be. Maybe there will Newman be. Paul Newman knew
0: his shit. Yeah. He knew his shit. Maybe, I, I mean, you're unique.
1: I'm sure there will be someday. But
0: I meet a lot of women like you because oh. of MMA. Oh. There's those savages that enter into MMA. The women that f- wind up fighting in MMA, there's a lot of them. And I'm kinda of stunned at how many of them there are. But I when I say they're like you, I mean they're bold, powerful, mm-hmm. unique people that are they just take wild chances. I mean the type of person that is like a Holly Home or something like that.
1: So I think the big difference lies in there are a lot of people that are strong, aggressive, confident, you know, assertive, bold, but to then be able to keep it together and um up up above their shoulders um that's another that's the difference
0: keep it together in the pressure of a race
1: yeah in the pressure of whatever moment it's having you're having whatever pressures are being put on you around an event or for one i mean those are that's really hard the right people around you being able to filter the shit and let in like keep the good um keep your own confidence up um that's that's hard That's the hardest part. And then being able to flip that switch when you're performing to, of course, then to not have doubts, but um, more confidence. I
0: think everything that you said would be mirrored by what a woman
1: who competes at the very
0: highest levels of MMA would say. Mm. I think they would would find all those things to be factors. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm really stunned that you re- literally are the only one. I mean, there's, that's a, that's an incredibly rare position. Do you ever stop and think about, like, what if you weren't there? It's not like it's no, forbidden for women.
1: Huh. I never thought about it like that. I've m- mostly only thought about it from the perspective of, like, have I thought about what I've done in the sport? Because it's stuff that people haven't done before. And usually my answer is is that someday I'll look back and, you know be able to have a little bit more perspective on it but right now I'm just kind of in the middle of it um but yeah I've never thought about it like that like what if I was never there
0: uh-huh. Yeah I mean you're the only one so if you were never there what it would it would just be constantly a boys club forever I mean I I'm just I'm I'm really fascinated by complete outliers I mean, you're you're a complete outlier in that regard I mean yeah. there's not like 30 girls Oh, there's 500 men, but there's 30 girls. No. Mm-mm. How many men are NASCAR drivers?
1: Uh, well, the field is 40. Yeah, so um, it's
0: yeah. 40 men, one chick. Mm-hmm. That's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then there's a bunch of people that are trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, how Are there any women that are trying to On get the in there? the lower
1: formulas, uh, there's some that do some part-time stuff. And I'm trying to think if someone has done like a full season. I don't know. Back in IndyCar, there was some girls who did more... There were like at one, one Indy 500, there was like five of us. But most of the time, there's none or one. Um, comes in waves.
0: Do you stop? I mean, do you think that when you stop and you look back in your career, you'll take into account and maybe have a more objective sense of what an impact that you've had? So sure. For women.
1: Yeah, of course. But I need distance. Right. from it. I need to gain perspective that way. Does that make sense?
0: It does. Yeah. i mean, I'm sure
1: in your career too. Like, I mean, to be able to identify the, the things that you've done, the influence you've had over people with the conversations you've had with the, with the things in business you've done. I mean, it's hard to see when you're in the middle of it.
0: Yeah. I don't look at that.
1: You don't want to look at that?
0: No. No. I'm not why? interested because I don't want to get distracted. Just, there like, you keep go. Doing That's why doing. people don't in the moment because yeah.
1: it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, but I'm what I'm doing a lot of people are doing. What you're doing is very uh, it's just to, to be a woman that does the thing that many men think is probably one of the most manly things you could do other than fighting and maybe football. Yeah. It's like race car driver. Like yeah. ask a little boy, what do you want to be when you grow up, Billy? I want to
1: be a race car driver. Mm-hmm. I mean that's just <laughs> Lightning McQueen. Me I mean
0: <laughs> Yeah. I mean it's like a natural thing for yeah. men to gravitate towards. Dad
1: you? always said he was just like, gosh, I'd Cursed with three girls in the house Because my mom and then me and my sister And I'm like dad what more did you want Like what more did you want if you had a boy as a son Like what was he going to do That's cooler than what I'm doing
0: He'd be out there banging chicks That's what he's missing
1: You think my dad would think that was cool for him
0: (laughs) If his son was banging (laughs) chicks I would think probably That's my boy
1: (laughs) Instead he's scared shitless for me
0: yeah, that's got to be.
1: I think still in my adult life, it's like.
0: <laughs> well, if they, they had the courage to let you go to England by yourself when you were 16, I mean, that and race over there on another continent, yeah. all the way across an ocean. <laughs> yeah. So if you didn't get hurt, to get to you would take forever.
1: Yeah. yeah. Bold.
0: What is the worst crash you've ever been in?
1: Uh, my first crash in IndyCar. So my very first race. Whoa. Kind of paralleled getting in a go-kart for the first time having a big crash. But yeah, it was um Homestead, Miami, and uh there was a big accident and I was running low and someone was sliding down the track that had damage and they clipped my right rear and shot me up and in, into the wall head first and um Slid down the track, and I don't remember that part. I don't remember getting out. I don't remember walking to the ambulance. But there's footage of all of it. And I walked the wrong way away from the ambulance. I was walking the opposite direction. And then I was kind of like stumbling around. And then I got back to the back to the, um, the medical truck. And then I got in. And apparently, I was very repetitive on the way to the hospital. And I kept asking them, "Did it look bad?" <laughs> And they're like, you've asked us that a few times, honey. You and must I'm have like, oh, right. I'll just stop. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's
0: a severe concussion. That's one of the things that happens. Is they, people ask the same questions over and over again.
1: Mm. Well, then I've had one. Let's hope I don't have oh. CTE.
0: I'm sure you probably do.
1: I probably do. A little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a dabble.
0: A touch. <laughs> won't matter. Makes you more risky. <laughs>
1: it does. What, it oh, yeah. It does.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things. I might get crazy. That's what I think, one of the things it does. It makes people more impulsive.
1: Do UFC people get? Um,
0: oh, yeah, hundred percent. Did you see that video? Do, is there?
1: Are they doing studies in UFC like they did in the NFL with um, doing tests after they've passed away to know if like they had CTE? Isn't that what NFL had? They like a, there was a study that came out last year. It was like almost all but one out of a hundred and some had CTE.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, I forget the numbers, but yeah, there was only like one or two people that didn't have it. Right. Yeah. No, no the UFC. Odd hasn't done that the UFC hasn't been around as long as the NFL obviously so we um we're not dealing with the same right right. data pool but I'm sure when people do pass away we're going to find it it's just varying levels I've
1: heard I heard they actually have a test now for CTE I was talking to a trauma surgeon that um for when you're alive yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah. it's a new thing yeah what would you do if you had it
0: make excuses I just go, <laughs> go extra crazy. Yeah. I'd be like, well, that's why I'm gambling naked. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Bottle
1: of whiskey in each arm. Yeah. Who her? I don't ah, know who she I got is. Hit in the
0: head. I got hit in the head, it ain't even my fault. Chug, chug, (laughs) chug, chug, pals.
1: (laughs) So insightful, this question.
0: Did you see the video that just came out from a couple of days ago from the guy that hit the off-ramp and went flying through the air and landed in a house, (gasps) in the second floor of a house, his car's poking out the side? No,
1: but he couldn't do it again if he had to, I'm sure.
0: No, no, it's just total random crazy luck. Yeah. But but it is hilarious. I mean, (laughs) it is, yeah. And see if you, once you find it, Go then go to Chris Delia's Instagram because Delia had a hilarious meme that he created about it. <laughs> but this car hit this hit like a barrier, hit one of those cement barriers and literally got launched into the air and stuck into the second floor of a building. Everybody it looks,
1: make it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what country was this in?
0: This is Ameri- America?
1: America. America. America.
0: Two people escaped the injuries are serious injuries. How the fuck did I mean? I wonder how they got out of the car i mean it's it's the way it's hanging out of the building
1: yeah like just hopefully it's front wheel drive and they could keep accelerating to get a little further (laughs) in so they can get out of the car
0: that's spoken like a true race car there you go thinking about it that way yeah here it is here's the video footage so you could see it and there's the car watch this it hits (laughs) the see this is that it's hard to tell there but they literally went across traffic they're (laughs) speeding you can see it again the guy what? goes across Ooh, traffic, flies oh into the my air. Gosh. But see, go to Chris D'Elia's page, his Instagram page, and find the meme, because then you can see that. And what do you, so? let's get this guy's. Oh, that's Chris D'Elia's there. He says, "Come her, come over. Me, I can't tonight. Her, my parents are on the first floor, and I'm on the second floor, and I have <laughs> bitcoins. bitcoins. Oh, Me. God. <laughs> that's epic. I mean, that fucking car is stuck inside that building. I mean, you wow. wouldn't believe that that was real. Um, if you didn't see it there, mm-hmm. might, he might
1: need that dentist office that he just parked yeah. himself at himself at after that Yeah,
0: here's the question. What do you do if you're in the car? Like it gets stuck there. Do you even climb? Well, out? Well, you're probably
1: drunk. You got to be drunk, right? right? I mean, there's nobody or something So you just you open the door and you, um, do you wait you uh, you take on the sprained ankle and you jump Ooh, and you Jesus, well, And then
0: it lands on your fucking head the thing falls out of the building. No, and no, no. I'm supposed you. to say the
1: right thing here. You call the cops, you are honest, you <laughs> Well there's a
0: video. There's you get video. the bitcoins and then you go. Oh my God, that's funny. Who put up the video what is the where's the video from? On Some Twitter. dude's name. What is his name? Kenny Holmes. It's uh K Holmes Live. He's the guy who, uh, fra- oh, he's from NBC LA, I guess.
1: Minor injuries. <laughs> that's crazy.
0: Oh, Santa Ana. Santa Ana people are out of their fucking mind. That's where Eddie Bravo's from. <laughs> Santa Ana people. Boom, look at that car flying through the air. It's <laughs> just the fact that it's stuck into the building that's just so ridiculous.
1: It's probably for a movie.
0: Now, when you drive in regular life, are you a lead foot?
1: I'm a very aggressive driver. I knew it. Yes, I am. I am. I have a large comfort zone, I say. People piss me off a lot. They're horrible drivers. And I, um, I'm, I'm very, I, yeah. The only way I can make sure that I don't get a speeding ticket is to not drive. <laughs> How many speeding tickets have you gotten? Oh, I've been pulled over at least 20 times, for sure. <laughs> I got pulled over three times in three days at one point. Whoa. When I had my Mustang Cobra, my first ever car.
0: Oh, yeah. Jesus. See, that's why I'm surprised you don't have a fast
1: car. Oh, I always make sure it's a good car like that fast car, but I
0: I mean like today like right now Like it like, like when you're driving around pulling up. No, no, no. I mean your everyday life.
1: Yeah, well, I'm driving rentals Because I don't live here.
0: I mean not I mean here. I mean oh, in, in real life in real
1: life. Oh, yeah, like where's my sports car?
0: Yeah
1: ah, Well, I, you know 40 weeks a year I do that So
0: you just you I need get a people mover. I got
1: two dogs,
0: right? So you get enough of it. all my bags I feel like I'm trying to sell you a car.
1: What car I should like, I buy?
0: Mm, I would say something American. something. Would uh, you? Do
1: you like American-made cars? Yeah. Like See, I tend to, d- I, I don't care if they are or aren't, really.
0: Well, I have a Porsche. I like okay. I like uh, German cars, too. They're the more little... reliable. What I like about American cars is I like the sound. I like the way they, I just, there's a rumble. A
1: throatiness there's to, a it. Mm-hmm. to it. There's a something to it. Do you like, so you like to make noise on the road?
0: I'm a, I'm a loud person. What? Yeah. I have a 65 Corvette with straight pipes, those okay. those side pipes. Yeah. Super loud. I kind
1: of know what that is. Yeah. I can like picture kinda. it kind of. You're
0: a race car driver. But it's a stick. I know. That's what's important.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I, yeah. Mhm.
0: You don't care. Nope. But I would feel like for someone like you, once you transition away from racing, then it's going to be more important to you because you're going to like miss the capabilities of those things.
1: That might be true. Yeah. That might be true. I might have to... Uh
0: Oh, there's
1: my car. Oh, that is a good-looking car. Sweet car. Jay Leno, of course. Of course, he loves cars. Yeah, he does. I'm not, and I I also don't really like old cars, so um, that looks pretty good. It's pretty fancy-looking, but um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a new car person. I like new, modern sports cars.
0: I do as well, but that car is a 65 on the outside, but all the underpinnings are completely modern. It has a LS1 supercharged engine, so it has a... Modern Corvette engines, got modern brakes, modern suspension. You don't know what any of that stuff means, do you? Nope. That's crazy. I know
1: that my very first car, my Mustang Cobra, I drove it so hard that I needed in eight thousand miles I was on my third set of brakes. <laughs> uh we put stiffer sway bars in it so that it would handle better. Um it was uh yeah, I went through three sets. yeah, I was on my third set of brakes in eight thousand miles.
0: And now you say Mustang Cobra, like what year was this?
1: Oh, this is when I first, this is my first ever car. So I was 16. So I think it was a um, uh, 97. It was, yeah. It was, I'm not saying they're not cool, but it was back when they were more cool, when, you know, they were a lot less common.
0: Yeah, they were okay back it was kind then. Kind of the back
1: end of the Cobra cool days.
0: Yeah. Like, no, the 97s were okay. They're all right. Like it, around the 80s is when uh, they came out with the 5.0, and then, then like Mustangs had a little bit more power again. So, the what's must- your dream car then? That Corvette. That's my oh. favorite car. Oh,
1: now what then? No, 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 drive that around. Do you drive it much?
0: All the time. Oh, yeah.
1: okay. Well, yeah. it doesn't really rain in California, so I guess you can.
0: Well, it has a top. You put Do you the top drive it in the rain? Rains.
1: I have. Oh, good yeah. for you. Yeah. Good for you. It's just a car.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm not afraid of it getting wet. The only problem is it's slippery. You know, it doesn't have any traction control or any of that. It's just all engine power and torque, and yeah, but it's fun.
1: Yeah, I remember driving a Camaro around in the rain, and it was handled like crap.
0: You should get one of the new ones, Camaro ZL1. They have a new one, 650 horsepower. It's fucking ridiculous.
1: I mean, nobody even barely uses the full speed of. We uh, got here. I don't know what am I? Oh, so I was actually going to tell you about this. This is I did a a road and track um, cover article where I test drove. um, um, It was a Porsche Corvette. um, I think it was a Viper of some sort, Viper, and then there was um, uh, a Lamborghini Murcielago. And I'll, I mean, my experience was the the Porsche was loose, which is this one. The Corvette was tight, which meant it was the most comfortable and stable to drive. Um, the uh, I think it was a Viper. The Viper was just light on its feet, kind of. It just didn't really, it wasn't very stuck, and it was just kind of clunky. Kinda. That looks
0: like it's about seven or eight years old. Is that right? Oh, at least that video? yeah, yeah. yeah maybe and 10. then the,
1: the 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 Lamborghini was was also light. I mean, it just went so fast, but it's pretty well balanced, but probably a little on the loose side. So
0: you know, they stopped making Vipers, but I know the car for you. There's what? a car that's for sale right now that uh, I Is saw this morning. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm trying to sell you a car this whole No, I know. Thing. No. Uh, Joppo Link had uh, a rare one of the, this one dealership in 2017 in the country bought up like 90% of the Vipers and they ordered them in a bunch of crazy paint schemes and they ordered this hot pink Viper. Shut
1: up. Yeah. You want me to drive a pink yeah. car? Yeah,
0: you got to see it. I'd drive it. Shh. It's so fucking badass, I'd drive it. How See, about I think that? it's
1: cooler if a dude would drive a pink car and I would drive, like, some, like, stainless steel, silver, you know.
0: I would drive it and then I'd get a rainbow license plate so people would just assume I'm gay. Just There's no way around it. You got a rainbow plate. you got a pink car.
1: Just let it all. Have yeah. you found
0: it? Isn't it?
1: It's shit.
0: It was uh, on my Google News feed this morning. I looked at that. I was like, if I was a chick, that'd be my fucking car. But it's like crazy metallic hot pink Viper. It's not
1: like the Mary Kay car?
0: No, that's not it. That's old. That shit's old. That's red. Yeah, that's red. I like red. It's uh, 2017. It might not even be Jopolink. I might have... I would think that was what I was reading. Well, I'm
1: not going to drive it.
0: Okay. No, You don't have to pull it up.
1: That's a good thought, but... um... You would rather have
0: black? Let me guess. Black. Yeah. I I like black. I knew it. Yeah. Tinted windows,
1: black, 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 yep. black wheels, black.
0: Whoa, darkness. Yeah. Like a Darth Vader type thing. Yeah. Whoa. So badass. More, more masculine than yeah. feminine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm trying to figure out what kind of. Oh, there it is. That's <laughs> not it, but oh, that's an
0: old one too. That's terrible. But it's all right. No that's,
1: worries. That's That gross. That's that one looks gross. Okay.
0: The other one didn't look so gross. It's more of a darker pink. You don't have to find a it, champion. It. She's, she's going to hate it no matter what. She wants Darth Vader. Those
1: pink Corvettes that uh, Angeline drives
0: around town. <laughs> I saw her the other day. I saw her driving that. Do you know who Angeline is? No. Angeline is a woman who, when I moved to California in the 90s, she used to have these billboards all around California. Of what? It's her. Oh. Her, like, in her bikini. Okay. Uh like And they promoting? would just say, Her. It would just say her name and her phone oh. number. And that's, the, wow. see those those billboards?
1: Oh, shoot. Well, hey. Yeah, that's well, her. Hey.
0: And so these, and I'd be like, who the fuck is Angeline? And everybody would be like, oh, she's like this local celebrity. And so she apparently is just a wealthy lady who uh, all of her time here has done that. Just got these Likes big billboards. The yeah. And she's doing a split on top of a Corvette. Look at that. Okay. Is
1: that a good thing?
0: Um, for her working? maybe
1: is it working?
0: She kept doing it, so Ooh. she still does it, right? Does she still have a billboard? Not a billboard, but I she has at least three different pink Corvettes now. Oh, I've like seen I've seen her ones. really yeah. recently yeah. in in the pink Corvette. Oh my yeah. god! Okay, you, not me. Not you. Definitely not, not you. No, no,
1: I'm more like I'm more of your subdued. Actually, when I got the Lamborghini and I I had to go pick my sister up from the airport. Okay, there's nowhere to put your put your bags. It's a, it's like a briefcase for, for a, you know, trunk trunk, and it's in the front. So that was kind of silly. And then I realized that people normally get these cars so they can just like kind of take it out to dinner. I don't want to be looked at. So I'm not going to, I'm more likely to take it to go get groceries than I am to go to dinner. So I realized it was pretty pointless for me.
0: Yeah. That's not the car for you.
1: And if I want performance, I go do my job. For now. For now.
0: But when it's over, that's what I'm trying to look. I'm trying to keep trying you sane. To help me. You're, you're looking forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward after these next well, two races.
1: We'll have to visit again in a year's a okay. year from now, and and um have to figure this figure it all out you i'll tell you you're right probably
0: well in a year from now then the new corvette zr1 will be available <laughs> 750 horsepower
1: stupid you're zero never gonna to 60 use in it.
0: two seconds i mean never gonna use it well you so, might so use the zero got 150 60. speeding tickets who are you talking to you're never it's gonna true. use it it's true
1: <laughs> nobody get, nobody got a speeding ticket for getting the speed limit too quickly though
0: that's true yeah, well, they probably would pull you over anyway. Actually, I, I got a funny story that.
1: about when I got pulled over when I was 16 with my Mustang Cobra. I was picking my girlfriend up and pulling out of her, her off of her street onto the main street, and it was wet out. And so I kind of got it going and kicked it sideways a little bit and looked in my rearview mirror at the stoplight, and there's a cop sitting there. Well, he comes for me. So I turn on the first road I can find, so I make a left, drive down the road. It's a freaking dead end. So I pull into a driveway and we slouch down real low and the cop kind of drives around. And all of a sudden somebody comes out from the house and they're like, can I help you? And I'm like, "Uh, what road is this out here? I mean, mind you, it's the road I live off of. I'm like, "Uh, what road is this out here? So anyway, so we're like, oh, okay. okay, thank you. Sure. And so we get back in the car and the cop's gone. So we back out and head back down the road again, trying to get further away from the stoplight, make a left. I look over in the parking lot across the street. The grade school parking lot, cops sitting there. So I make the first right I can then. So I turn right into a neighborhood and I'm driving along and he finally catches me. And I I think I cried to help my situation. Did he turn his
0: lights on so Mm -hmm. you you were running from him? Mm
1: -hmm, Mm-hmm, kind of. Mm-hmm.
0: This guy sounds like a shitty driver, like a shitty cop.
1: But I think I got in trouble for being sideways, not for speeding.
0: Yeah, you should
1: say it's so, my
0: boyfriend's car. I don't even know how to drive this thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would have been actually a clever uh approach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just say I
0: I don't know what happened. I hit the gas and it went sideways. That side was part was... of my
1: getting pulled over 3 times in 3 days episode. So oh. that was number 3, I think. I cried. Maybe it was number 2.
0: So is that why you were running from the cops? Like I just can't I can't keep doing this.
1: I was just trying to see if I could get away. <laughs> <laughs> trying to just get away. <sighs>
0: Well, Danica, I think I've kept you long enough. Uh, It was really wonderful to talk to you. you I really appreciate it. It was really fun. Uh, I wish you all the best of luck with your wine and your clothes and your last two races. And uh, it was a pleasure.
1: Thank you. So nice to talk to you. Let's check back in about the whole car situation next year.
0: And next year, you're going (laughs) to want to get something crazy. I guarantee. Once you're done.
1: When I tell you I'm I'm, uh, I'm missing the uh, action, I'll let you just call the car I should buy.
0: Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Danica Patrick, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) That was fun